Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of, and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin, Godspeed, and share on. Like and subscribe to The Daily Transcendence on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. To show support for the show, we ask you to join us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. There you can find more content, updates on new episodes, and more personal interactions from both Gio and I. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. And welcome back to the Daily Transcendence podcast. My name is Ray, and I'm your host with... G-O-D. Gio, how are we doing today? It's going. Beautiful, beautiful day for the most part. How about you, sir? First things first, Jerry's getting that, uh, some weather warfare up there, huh? Yeah, it's been, it's been some whacked out weather between thunderstorms, lightning, rain, flooding, tornado uh, actually ripped through a part of Jersey, and I don't, I don't, I don't even remember, uh, by like the... Not Jeriskel, but the Briskel. I didn't even know there was another bridge in that way. But yeah, rolls right along with the times. Great destruction. It's awesome. That's crazy with the tornado because I saw even in uh, in Maryland they had a tornado warning. I didn't get. I didn't get the. I didn't get the warning though. So emergency broadcast system uh, can't really depend on that if shit hits the fan. It's gone, right? Or is it still up there? Nah, it's good. Like now, finally, all of a sudden, uh, no clouds finally after like so many days of just bullshit. And so here we are. Well, I mean, it's weird because you know what I noticed? Once once Uranus went retrograde and he rules like electricity and all that, it's weird. It flipped. Jersey started getting bad thunderstorms and lightning and all that stuff. And down here, it went from like awful loud ass storms that were, was crushing my power all the time and all that. If a storm comes, it's quick and it's not powerful. And I saw that like, oh, retrograde. Yeah. And uh, just ironic. And it's almost like it like powers up in a way. You know, what's funny real quick. I think a lot of people find this interesting, actually. Mm -hmm. So I saw something when it comes to hurricanes. When you break up the word, it's like her something. I don't know. Hurricanes. It has something to do with some African type of 
tale about some sort of uh, some sort of goddess or something or along that line. It has something to do with like the the movement or whatever this goddess, like whatever. Basically, it has to do with hurricanes. And it was saying how basically when the slave trade was going on between Africa um, and being distributed, you know, all the slaves being distributed, different parts of North America, South America, with all that stuff. It was a curse from this hurricane goddess or something like that. And all the places that slave trade kind of like occurred at where they would get dropped off are like the major places that hurricanes come in and actually hit those places. And not only that, we know that when hurricane season comes over, especially for the East Coast, it's coming from from those you know, from Africa, like the major places get that get hit were major slave trade locations and stuff. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm starting to see a lot of uh, reoccurring, repeating things and like kind of having it really communicate through that type of stuff. It's something as little as that, but then connecting to the slave trade in Africa and the way it was named and how like the things line up with like mythological stories and stuff. I truly don't think as much as a lot of people do that it's deliberate. I think it's deliberate from reality itself. I think there is some sort of, uh, there was a book I just started reading, um, the biocentric reality or biocentric design. And it talks about how like our subconscious, our observations assist in creating reality. And we, of course we in many ways we already know that, but when something comes up like that with how like the etymology and the word itself of something like hurricane or, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's of course plenty of examples. We'll definitely go into that at some point. Um, Yeah. I think reality itself has some sort of like formula or some filter system to allow things to repeat and line up like that. I don't think just humans do that. I don't think that's us. Yeah. I think that's like a reality type pattern formulation. And then it goes along with also the, the whole concept of, uh, no thought is a thought of your own or original and stuff like it's basically being pulled out of the ether, the Akashic records, all that as well. So it would make sense why possibly we even name certain things and it's rooted in our subconscious and we're, we're pulling them out. And that connection just happening through this formula of reality of, uh, of doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. Vanessa VA YouTube channel. She calls it uh, retro causality, like as if because time in quantum physics and we've proven it doesn't exist. It's just a, like a, a, a function of the human mind uh, or brain. Uh, it, it's like the reality itself with retro, which would mean backwards causality. It causes things from the future to the past. So like, as if like we say could have named and that, or went and created that mythology and in the future knew it was going to be a hurricane. So it, ret- it had retro causality and caused the whole mythological story to end up lining up to now of something we would call, say, a hurricane or something that we call the media. Media is another good one. The mythological media or, you know, whatever. She was mm-hmm. like the goddess of illusion and we call it media. Yeah. So we've gone over um, we've gone over Pluto, especially Pluto Scorpio generation. Um uh, touching up on the how Pluto through the houses, uh, the generational aspects of Pluto as well. Um, it just even the defining meaning of Pluto. So basically in this episode, we're going to give a sum up of that. Uh, and then also 
uh, go a little bit further as far as the actual Pluto, different Pluto generations um, and different worldly events and occurrences as well. Um, anything else to add to that? I would say uh, why we want to do this is because in the first two episodes we did focus and we said we were going to focus on Pluto Scorpio and we did go through some of the other generations and just mention how that worked. And now that we know how it works and we've, we've done a lot for say this generation, we figure, well, okay, let's go into now. Uh, we just have more depth into the other generations and go a little into history and work up till now again through those Pluto generations and just be a little more detailed. So that would be the goal today for, for us. This way, you know, we see this working happening and we'll also go through, you know, in the future, more of the planets as well and, and the depths of, of all this. So, yeah. So basically what we've gone over about Pluto, you know, being those soul desires, um, just even marking off as the soul itself. We've gone over the description of basically soul as well. Um, and, you know, in astrology, the pattern dependability uh, it gives us a knowing, um, just on, just on its own, like more of astronomical sense, like another reason why the astrology becomes valid. <clears throat> it gives a knowing that morning and time as we know it are imminent and that these things are going to occur. So the same kind of goes when you go into a little bit of a deeper aspect. And something I was telling Ray earlier was you know, we all have a unique chart. Um, you know, you're not going to meet anybody with the same configurations in, in the chart. Yeah, there's going to be certain similarities, but you're not going to meet somebody who has the same exact chart as you. Even if, uh, you know, even if you're a twin, you know, or something like that, especially, you know, there's there's certain things like your ascendant will change. Degrees will change as well because of the difference by hour or something like that. Um but as far as having the complete exact arrangement of planets, that doesn't happen or repeat until another 4,320,000 years. Pretty uh, significant number. I think we've touched a little on past episodes. Yeah. 432. Absolutely. I die. And, you know, I, I was saying to him before, like, I, uh, through my awakening process and through you know, going down the internet rabbit holes and just all of it's so validating to see it come up again and again and again. And I was just one of those people that was like, oh, you got to retune music to this frequency and all oh, that repeats and there's patterns in nature and stuff. And here we go. Like nine, 10, 11 years later, I'm, you got him spitting facts about that at all uh, favorite number of the spiritual community, which is awesome because it really does repeat. And it kind of makes sense with that whole thing about like complete exact arrangement of planets from a certain chart, you know, not, it's not going to perfectly, I guess you could say harmonize to that same exact thing for that 4,320,000 years at 432, you know, that kind of harmonization kind of thing. It's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting along yeah. with the fact of that whole thing of Pluto, its diameter is, um, 1,440 miles in diameter. Is that 144? You know, the 144 in the Bible, the, you know, um, 
those souls being the, in the light worker community. There's that whole connection. So who knows, especially with what we've said about Pluto um, and a quick overview of Pluto again, you know, the impact that it has in our chart is like that area of where we're uh, suddenly seeing life in a totally new and different light and deciding to change everything or, you know, this sense of feeling powerful or powerless uh, over some sort of area in our life or some certain change as well, um, all in correlation with our deeper uh, soul body desires, not our earthly desires, which it goes hand in hand as as we've shown. But um, but yeah, pretty much. And the action of Pluto uh, would be that it sheds the light on things hitting in depths of our subconscious, um, you know, being able to release dormant forces, um, you know, causing suppressed energies to erupt suddenly. You know, you think about the elements of nature, like as far as like the deeper elements of earthquakes, uh, you know, we know Uranus has a rulership over earthquakes as well, but more so of the elements within it, you know, the tectonic plates that would be, um, you know, Pluto or Scorpio. Um, and the same thing with volcanoes, like the magma, that whole thing. Um, that's like, like the, the domain substance. of it. That's what I yeah. would get, right? Exactly. Like the real mm. substance of it. So it's deeper workings. Um, it also goes along with, you know, mob violence, dem- demonstrations, demolition, murder, um, uh, terrorism and bombing. Uh, it's also correlated with nuclear fission. You know, we've said plutonium. So, yeah. So that's the overview of Pluto in general. If you have not already Go back and listen to the past two episodes to get more acquainted and familiar, especially as we are going to go more into the generational aspects um, in a little bit. Well, gener- I don't want to say aspects, but yeah, well, whatever. Generational aspects on more of a deeper level, uh, a little more defining to the mundane as well, uh, current events uh, and events of the past. Yeah, and so, mon- mundane to clear that up is is events also... Uh, like say the chart of a country, uh, a chart of, a, you could do a chart to a like a place. I remember I did the uh, the chart to the Jersey Mike's we opened, and I knew we opened at 10 a.m. and it was on this date. And I actually still have it in there. I think it was Commons or Fisher. I think huh. it was Fisher. And I had the chart, and it was like you know I I forget if it ended up being what it said, but that's how you could do it, and that's the mundane. Like for example, in mundane astrology, you have the Pluto return actually. Uh, which I didn't grab much information about, which would have been nice for this, but maybe we'll 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 do like a mundane astrology episode more based on that, but uh, like about countries. But I know yeah. Pluto return, uh, which means when when you're born, any planet when you have return after it, it means that the planet's returning back to the place it was at the pla- at the time of birth. So America itself is actually approaching its uh its Pluto return. And that was the signing of the Declaration of the Independence the last time Pluto was in this position. So, and ironic that we're watching the country go through what it is now and, and all the events and, and the chaos and, and energies going around. It would seem like as if, because Pluto, it does represent like not only the, the, the darker aspects of our existence, but definitely more so like the, the painful and the traumatized and 
it rules the underworld. So you're, you're going to get a lot of transformation around anything with Pluto aspects um, and, and transits and stuff like that. You know, it's very intense and uh, even obsessive kind of. So like, yeah, and you're seeing it even within our country. So that'd be a great way to see it if anyone wants to really look into that. And yeah, just to reiterate it, obviously we've said what what Pluto is um, and when it comes to how we're looking at Pluto, you know, of course, with the soul's patterns and identity of identity association, the core desires and intentions of the individual, um, uh, especially from more of the past or their desire to return to source or separate away. And then when you have the signs, the sign Pluto is in symbolizes the core evolutionary lessons, intentions and desires of the past of the entire individual or generation. Um, and then the houses it's in is um, more so the themes or the areas of life that are impacted by Pluto in whatever sign. Um, so that's just a little refreshment there. Um, yeah. And think of, think of this too. Um, I thought of this today. You can kind of really, you can consider any type of Pluto transit or placement in your chart as Pluto is going to come in and wipe out the qualities of that sign and in that area of life. So it's going to come in and wipe it out. You'll experience a death and a rebirth. And ironically too, just to go back to the, the country and its standpoint right now with, and with the Pluto return is this. So if it's wiping out the qualities of a sign or say a cycle, think about it. America is going through some sort of a wipe, the financial, the economic, the people in it, the mm -hmm. government, uh, all of this is experiencing some sort of death into a rebirth. And so another way to use astrology and to truly uh, allow it to do the job it's supposed to do is prepare you. It's supposed to remind you. It's supposed to bring up certain things that you can now truly be aware of so you can then face it and you were prepared for it. And so now if you were say, if an astrologer would say, well, oh, well, the Pluto returns coming. Well, that means that we're, we're going to have a full-blown wipe, a full-blown death of the old ways into the new, the, uh, an apocalypse of the country, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I feel this is very important for people to understand on an individual and on a, you know, broader, you know, society aspect as well, because this type of awareness can help, especially during this time where a lot of people feel lost. A lot of people feel like they don't know their purpose. They don't know what, you know, what, what, what the meaning of life is as well. Um, and this can kind of help, like no matter what your sole purpose is already there, like it's already there. You do deep down inside really do know. Um, but this is kind of helping shed more of a light on how to evolve into it and how to really be able to also understand the times and understand the uh, the impact that society has on us um, and how we're evolving through all that as well. You know, it's really easy just to look at one part of the chart and, you know, think you got it figured out. But there's so many different things playing along with it. That's why oh, we're going yeah. into this. Yeah. And where we're and where we're going to go with a lot of this when it comes to astrology is to be able to fully understand these more individual parts of things. Um, and, and in a certain detail, this way, when going through the other things, whether it's houses, signs, planets, aspects being made, you know, there's going to be more of that connection made. And therefore, when we can connect those things, we'll 
have a better intuition, will have a better insight on all things relating to our own individual awareness or even just the awareness of what's going on around us. Yeah. Well said. Well put. And that is exactly right. And uh, uh, it couldn't be more correct about the whole, um, I don't know how many times I've went and saw things in my chart and then would say, try to define that in my life and really staple it down and say, oh, that this is this and this is that. And then sometimes I would think, oh, wait, that was contradictory to what I learned. But then you go when you find new aspects, all of a sudden you find out about progressed planets, um, which is another topic in its own. Uh, you find out about midpoints, uh, cycles of their own. So there, there's always this balance of mm-hmm. uh what's going on in the sky today, what was going on when you were born and also even your progressed planets as well. So there's always more to learn. It's a fascinating uh, rabbit hole to go down. And uh, truly, if we were going to say with this new age that we're harboring in, uh, especially with the G- uh, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction and all that, that in the age of Aquarius, they say like Aquarius rules astrology. So it is, it may be something that's, you know, I mean, obviously I won't say not everything's necessary. Of course, it depends, but it could be definitely one of the main useful things to know in this coming time that we're experiencing. So I'm going to throw that in there. I mean, truly, I know I'm always trying to tell people like not trying to sell you astrology, but I'm really telling you it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And a, and a big key thing that I do want to state though, and we kind of said it, but like, do not become too hyper focused it's kind of counterproductive to become too hyper focused on maybe just more of a specific area like it's good go in depth go to it fully understand it and and see what it really means to you as well and what resonates but to fully fixate on just one aspect one planet or just one placement in some sort of way um you know you can learn about its effect and everything but you need to learn about the synergy that's occurring with all the other planets, what's, you know, all the other placements, all the aspects, whether they're aspects occurring, you know, there in the natal chart or aspects occurring uh, from your day to day, you know, long term, short term, you know, all these things that in, in this way you could understand how things are being influenced, where energy is being pulled away from where it's being added to things. Um, and that really helps you go with the whole thing of what we've said about, uh, being able to, uh, go with a certain flow and riding certain currents, um, in, in, in a way that's going to not, um, not be detrimental to our own individual expression or creative process, but rather to help us find the path of least resistance, get on that, understand the workings of things, how to handle certain things as well. Um, and yeah, so the hyper-focusing, careful with that. Yeah, I think that would apply really to anything. Anything, uh, yes. You know, like really being overly obsessive with anything. I mean, you could even be overly obsessed with music or you could be overly obsessed with video games. You could be overly obsessed with something more productive. You could be obsessed with work. But it, it's never, it's, there's always a balance uh, to anything and there's always a yin yang. So even with mm-hmm. astrology, there could be this, you have these certain types of people. I know they're out there. I could hear them, you know, yelling mm-hmm. from their bathtub, like, well, no, astrology is everything. <laughs> no, it's not. It yeah. does correlate and 
mingle with everything and it does yeah. do a lot. But there also is this inner tuning fork. There's always this intuitive side to it. You know, we also discussed you and I about the house system mm-hmm. uh, that we use and how there's multiple and how would that work. And we were saying like, you know, well, there's this intuitive side where you kind of lean towards the things you also feel like trust yourself, trust your intuition. Um, there's yeah. always that like, you know, um, chance that you are a little like lost in delusion where you're trying to force something to work and that could happen. But there also, there's a fine line there. You know, I mean, it's like sometimes you can twist things to the way you want them. And a lot of people actually claim astrology to be that like, Oh, I could just make anything in that I, I want. And they did that whole stupid study we talked about, I think back in what, like episode seven or eight or something. Um, and, uh, yes, you can for like, force things in, but I think that actually comes in with an over obsessive trying to prove something with it type of, uh, approach yeah. to astrology, but it can be a useful tool. You're not going to carry a, if you're a guy who builds a house, like houses, you're not going to carry around the hammer 24 seven. Sometimes just, or you're not going to be looking at your watch every two minutes to check the time. There's a, there's this part of life that is more, you ride the wave and you use these things when deemed necessary. So yeah, exactly. Uh, we, you know, we've gone over it in that episode of, uh, um, uh, the truth that are, well, I forget what the episode is called truth and power from within, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to astrology and divination tools is not to put that power outside of yourself completely. Like we understand that there's a divine, mm-hmm. there's a divine intervention in well, um, divine influence. Um, but no matter what, uh, you know, y- you don't want to define and determine, certain things just based off, you know, the astrology when it comes to yourself, there is a better discernment to have with it as well, because no matter what in life, everything is choice. Everything is actually choice when you think about it. Yeah, you may not be able to choose certain outcomes, but you do get to choose how you perceive them. You do get to choose how you handle them um, in, in, in that sort of sense. So it's being able to, like you were saying, Ray, have that certain balance um, you know, not becoming so dependent on certain things to the point where we are not using our inner tuning fork. We're not following those things. Um, we're also becoming overly defining of, of certain things. And we take on, we have the potential to take on a certain thought or belief, um, or influence that may not actually be um, or maybe temporary, but we're taking it on as an absolute. So true. That's yeah. I guess those are the little warnings there. But other than disclaimer, that, disclaimer, yeah, little disclaimer. And that anything, I mean, actually, to throw in there, a good example is religion. So a lot of people yes. depend on religion, and they make it the end all be all. They may they they put their power in the church, and they think by doing that they're giving their power to Jesus Christ, and mm. the intentions are great. Same thing with astrological people is like, oh, I, I have all this, uh, you know, I have all, all this money on the table for the stars and what they do for me, just like they do Jesus. And those aren't all bad things. They're not, but it's all about the application. It's about the balance and being able to say, trust yourself um, with making choices your, like yourself. There is a practice that you must, you know, really um, it's like exercise your intuition and these, all these things are just useful tools. It's kind of like you could do push-ups and use your own body weight, or you could go to the gym and lift weights. I feel like astrology would be like lifting weights for the soul, or at least finding the direction. It's like a compass, um, but don't be obsessed with the compass. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, other than that, should we go through Pluto in the signs? Uh, yeah, yeah. I did want to um, recap the, like, kind of give a, a simplified overview, again, of what the role of the Pluto generations. We went over Pluto. Um, obviously, we, we've done this already, but more so if you are if you skipped ahead or you're just listening to us for the first time, um, we do like to try and be as um, clear as possible and don't miss anything uh, so you can fully understand and grasp what we're trying to put out here. So um, I did take some notes, so I'm going to be reading here um, about the Pluto generations. So they, they show an age group that tries to find its power to deeply change society. It's uh, like an entire generation will share the same sign, and this will give shades of meaning to the mark uh, they will make on the world. And um, as Pluto changes signs, it, it, it people's psychological reality will shift. And uh, like what had power yesterday doesn't have the same power or the same juice today. And it's like what you must do as part of the generation is defined by the Pluto placement. You know, like people's primal... Uh, uh, dualities are under Pluto and that, um, and that also uh, each generation will live four or five signs following. So like you have your purpose as a group and you have a mission as a generation of Pluto, but then you also will have to mingle and work with the signs that follow as well. So by knowing your mission, by knowing your, the ins and outs and knowing by the light and dark aspects of the Pluto placements um, and your and your sign, this will clear things up. Uh, like I know a lot of like the Pluto Leo um, or Virgo. Uh, I forget which one has a bad aspect. I think it's Leo. Um, one of them has say like in, in astrology is you have aspects of squares, which would be 90 degrees on the circle and all that. And it was funny. I read this before. Um, children often get along better with their grandparents. I think it was actually because of a Neptune placement. So a, a lot of these uh, ins and outs of relationships and our mission and all the things that we are assigned to as a generation and with our souls will come from these outer planets and their placements. So okay. anything to say about that? No, no. Um, yeah, no. Good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think think we could. Uh, I think I I tried to sum it up and clean it up as because uh, you know of course yeah I say, think that was a good sum up yeah Geo and I try, really try like I told you like we we want to make it clear for you guys we want to simplify it uh, as not as not a big fan of Einstein but a great co- uh, quote would be you know if you don't know something simply you don't know it good enough so um, I hope that was clear enough so yes on to the generations and we can learn what the signs are and how each generation played their role and how are they they're still playing the role so Gio, you could take the lead on this all right so i'm gonna just start from from the top pluto and aries pluto and aries nice. uh for as far as the generation for that would be 1822 1823 until 1851 to 53 um and what we see during the times of that pluto placement of pluto and aries um, during that time, well, well, one, let me just start by saying obvious, uh, Aries, right? We know that to be active, uh, you know, assertive, competitive, uh, courageous in a way, enthusiastic, uh, enthusiastic, extroverted, um, really, uh, a, really a drive forward. It's a generative type energy, generative type action. It's also, um, 
more so of 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 war too because it's ruled by mars the god of war so when it comes to pluto being an aries from what we're saying about uh you know pluto having you know it the characteristics that it that it has uh of the meaning for the individual and the collective um there you see during the time of pluto and aries there is a pioneering westward in the united states of you know people going towards you know out west the gold rush um there's also the first railroad uh came about during that time so it is that creative um you know uh, you know a, a real self uh, self asserted type um direction forward um it's explorative action so uh, during that time as well, you get, you know, this also sense of supremacy, which also at that time, uh, England was really like in its ascendancy as well. Yes, of course, we were already independent. You know, the United States was already dependent from England, but England itself was in a certain supremacy during that time with their own exploration and their own assertiveness and, and the active ambition that they had. Not only that, England is ruled uh, by Aries. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there's the courage, there's self-reliance as well. Uh, you know, people with Pluto Aries placements now more so on the individual level have, uh, more so of this, this, uh, deeper mission to finding their strength, finding their identity or transforming their identity in a certain way. Um, you know, they can have a tendency to be real reckless as well. Um, could could be very egoic as well too. Um, I think there's also there's also maybe you know a potential for um, people with that placement to kind of have more of a soldier or explorer type mentality yeah. um, with as with how they more. go along. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Being, you know, being more headstrong, uh, ten, sometimes impatient, prideful and, you know, quick tempered. But those things um, with it, be, with Pluto being an Aries, the evolution of it comes from, you know, how are we going to balance out our assertiveness? You know, are we going to be overly domineering um, and, you know, just try to right away control something or, you know, come at something with too much pride and, and too much of this, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, power. It's a word I'm looking for. Power struggles. Uh, pa- um, a thirst power. Trips. Yes. Like a, yes. A power thirst, like mm-hmm. having this real power thirst, you know, or it could be more so the sensor. Are we going to sit there with this Pluto in Aries, um, and try to find more so of our deep, our own identity of what power means. What does that mean on, on, a, on a soul level? And, you know, how can we balance out our desires in wanting to make this certain directive action as well um, to, to go in and find those things that really bring us into this liveliness, that create this creat- uh, creativeness you know, that we end up having more of, um, an individual, individualistic type nature to ourselves. Um, for those of you with Pluto and Aries, um, 
or anything that you want to put on it. Well, yeah, and I'll remind everybody that it's when Pluto's coming in, it's going to wipe out the qualities you will experience a death and a rebirth. And it's because there's some sort of imbalance uh, in the collective because Pluto does rule the collective. And that's why there, you have generations. You know, you're ruling all people. And, when, and Gio, I'd mentioned even cartography, which is the, uh, I say that right? Cartography, cartography mm-hmm. is the, uh, basically there's an astrology map. So you even have countries that are ruled by certain things. And you could see the even the elements seep through. But what I do get from the Pluto and Aries that, you know, the 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 birth chart often will, will point to like a lifelong meditational type of experience of where it's like a potent medicine that will burn away everything that wasn't necessary and then will initiate the change and that will be through the external uh, circumstances. So with Aries, uh, I've yet to really ex- go into this and I'm, I'm excited to bring it up is Aries, we because uh, we, we don't talk about the modalities a lot, is that Aries is a cardinal sign. So the word cardinal actually comes from Latin card- cardinalis and it means principal or pivotal. And the role of any cardinal sign is to actually push forward, to be first, to initiate. I mean, it immediately sounds like Aries, but Aries is a cardinal um you know, a cardinal fire sign and it, it's all that stuff's built in, which is why it's cardinal. Like cardinals are the leaders of that uh, modality of our, the card of all the cardinal signs. So with this generation of it being a cardinal, uh, you know, very pivotal and very lead, has the leadership quality and a fire sign, which is spontaneous, inspiring, has it's intuitive, big passions, but it rules the the war and Mars is the ruler of Aries. So think war, think Marshall. Um, it also was the age of Aries. I think when, uh, God, what was going on with that? The Romans, right? Gio? Uh, the, yeah, the age of Aries. Yeah. It was definitely during, was, you know, the whole Roman, that, like that the, more like the harboring so, in, right? Yeah. More mm-hmm. so of like that real, uh, warlike type thing going on conquest all the time. Uh, more so, more so in the time of obviously like, Roman Empire, um, I mean, not just obviously Rome, but um, what's it called? Kind of like time of Moses in a way, a little bit before that, biblical. all that stuff as like well. Like the, uh, the, the shifting in the biblical, okay. Yeah, right. and, the coming and, up of all these conquests. Right, and so there's there's just transmutation going on, and and because of Aries, like we're saying, with, with the cardinal fire aspect as a catalyst, right? It's a firebrand that'll inspire everybody of being committed to the vision, very, mm-hmm. very about the vision. They're headstrong. My dad was an Aries. Very just, they believe what they believe. They're going all in and you can't tell them none. They know better. Um, and, and and just, you know, pair that with that martial attitude is, you know, martial arts, you know, you're going to, they're going to fight about it. Um, they're going to mm-hmm. defend it. And it's, it's a raw force and um, can definitely have some blowbacks for sure with Aries. I, I trust me. I know that having a dad that was an Aries, but very, uh, a little too energetic, but Anyway, so yeah, uh, definitely these these people are adventurers, uh, pioneers, very forceful personalities. Um, and to add on some of the events that were going on uh, with these tough solitary people, you had ones like uh, Carnegie, Rockefeller, J.P. Morgan. Uh, you had inventors, Thomas Edison and Bell, and, and these people were all powerful. They were turbulent. They were they they inspired all new they the initiation to to new cycles of things and new inventions and new, just new everything uh Gio, what was the thing in the uh in the Bonatti book 
uh, that you always say uh, about the modalities. Uh, yeah. the so the modalities um, would be if they're fire, earth, uh, air and water, yeah. it would be uh, the movement of energy as well. So it would be generation, uh, like the generation of things, the conservation, the corruption and the destruction. So Aries is that generative action. It's that springing forward. Um, right. It's the impulse move. Uh, and, you know, it's funny you say Carnegie and Rockefeller. Um, and it's pretty funny about during that time, Aries also rules iron. And during this time oh, okay. of the Industrial Revolution, iron was being used to make steel, which I said, you know, the pioneer westward was, you know, started by creating railroad with those iron. And it goes along with Carnegie and and all those Rockefeller, the ones who really ushered in uh, this industrial revolution as well. Mm. Um, and it's funny because you even look at their lives and taking in that that sort of um you know, that sort of approach to it. Yes, you can see the 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 benefits of it, of that really being able to identify and put forward, you know, your true deeper desires since we're talking about Pluto. Um, and not only that, you know, back with the whole iron thing, uh, you know, Pluto, especially being ruled by Scorpio, it is, um, you know, it, it is all those things when it comes to Scorpio that are below the surface or below the crust of the earth, deep within. And mm-hmm. iron is a material that comes from deep within the earth as well. So there nice. you go again with the connection of it being, you know, being brought out by Pluto. I love uh, that. Being in an Aries, pulling it out of from underneath. It's the emergence of it, transforming how we how we did business, transforming how we how we moved about and and to go forward, like especially with the gold rush and everything. Um, but there's also that other side of it uh, when it comes to in society as well. This was also a setup for, you know, being headstrong and that pride coming in. Aries and then obviously, the yeah, and just trying mm-hmm. to be in so ambitious and active and gaining and stuff, which once we get to now Pluto and Taurus, you know, you'll see how this is even setting up for the time for that and the things that that can kind of go south from overdoing it, not having it in balance as well. There's there's repercussions uh, as as well. So, um, yeah. And before we go on, mm-hmm. I did want to I had a few more things I did want to add, because not only because you had mentioned with Aries being very you know, there, it's an adventurous energy, right? Mm-hmm. So you had some of even the greatest adventure writers at that time. You had Mark Twain, you had Stevenson, Bret Hart, and they were all in this group. So this generation showed an incredible will. And with Pluto being transformation, you know, that's that them coming into this uh, point in history is everything that these people did uh, willfully came in and, and, and changed stuff. Uh, and, and of course, with the with on the Pluto qualities of things, uh, the the deeper psyche uh, of humanity and and was started guiding us in a new direction and it's funny the symbolism aspects as we were talking about the hurricane thing at the beginning of the of the episode and do you see what we mean by how like Pluto underground iron all that stuff is is there's this symbolism and look humans wouldn't be able to predict that they wouldn't be able to. Antis- even anticipate, and especially with the way technology, where we've come from, is they didn't have a lot of things we have now. So to, to discover uh, or u- discover how to use iron in a certain way, and that comes from underneath, and Pluto rules you know, deep underground with Scorpio and all that, it's like you see the symbolism play out. And and so to, to cap off the, the 
Aries and just, and like Gio said, as we go into the next, which is Taurus, keep in mind the symbolism and how crazy this stuff shows up and how just humans would not be able to, um, you know, predict this in a way where it is reality itself really pushing it, uh, like it's the, the sky clock and its stories through the life, uh, journey of humans. So, um, you know, I, th these people were very willful. They changed everything by, by force, by the way, when you, when you hear Carnegie, Rockefeller, JP Morgan force, right? We all know that. Um, and even the most famous group of, uh, philosophers, you had Nietzsche, um, and he felt that, you know, will represents reality and power. Uh, the musician Tchaikovsky was very stormy in his songwriting, like his generation. So it shows up all over. And as we carry on now, you could take this mindset into the next generation. So if you have anything else you want to add for the Aries, I think that was pretty much it. Oh uh, yeah. The only other thing I want to uh, say is as far as maybe, uh, for the individual, with like Pluto and Aries, which obviously mm. we don't have anybody with Pluto and Aries during this time, but somebody with a Pluto and Aries placement when it comes to more so of their physical body as well. Pluto has a lot to do with ailments, stresses uh, in that sort of way. And Aries being the head or the face, you know, there is a tendency when stresses come out or an ailment, it's going to show up in the head or face area. Uh, when it comes to that, especially things that are more internal, Pluto is is the deeper aspect of uh, of things as well when it comes in that way. So, you know, we we've talked about how stresses and, um, you know, stresses and those types of negative emotions cause disease. So it's another way to look at it, too, when it comes to Pluto, especially when it comes to more of those deeper parts within yourself on on more so of a connection with the with with the emotional basis um it's it's a some it's really something to pay attention to um as far as even even health in that way and i'll kind of give a little bit of that as well um when we when we go into the other pluto placements as well yeah nice and of course you just keep that key word in there of hidden, uh, things in the depths, uh, repression, I think would be a great word for Scorpio and Pluto too. So brain these things, tumors. there we go. And right. And, and so mm -hmm. with repression comes illness and disease. So by Pluto coming in and harboring in, you would think around this time, you know, when we go, it, it, we are going to touch up on Pluto Scorpio again, but in that time you had AIDS, which is a very, uh, you know, obvious one. And that was, because of all this repressed sexual emotion and uh, yet a lot of homosexuality come out and all this stuff. So these things repressed and they end up causing illness because repressed energies, if you were to study uh, bioenergetics, will cause the illness, you know, block chakras, block en uh, ner in your nervous system causes that. So Pluto would rule that. Um, so, and then that's basically it. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for, for Pluto Taurus. Yeah. All right. Let's move it to Pluto it Taurus then. Um, that would be then 1851 50 to, to 53 to 1882-84. Um, with that being said, Pluto and Taurus um, around more so of that time um, and that generation. There was a lot of focus around um, certain wealths possessions and finances uh we also can note that during that time was the coming up of the civil war as well um and these certain values and principles that were that you know they were looking at um their possessions and slaves were part of that that was part of their 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 
um, it, it, that was going through a transformation on its own was that whole thing of like, is it right to have, you know, to have slaves, uh, or not have them, um, you know, how they're being treated as well. Um, it's, there's this wealth exploitation going on, uh, this exploitation of the poor, uh, as well. Uh, also during that time was when, uh, Karl Marx, his revolutionary theories, um, start to come into play when it comes to uh, certain class systems and wealth distribution, um, and then also this was this was also a time of where capitalism comes into play as well, and how that triumphs, um, and then also, um, you know, it was it was more so a time of like, do we have that determination and endurance, um, and it's a real you know, trying to conserve some of these older values that we may have. Uh, but no matter what, they were going through this death and rebirth um, reconfiguration and this transformation. Um, and this was the upheaval of that during this time. So it's an upheaval in stability, uh, in security as well. Even the national security that was going on during that time. Um, and also just, you know, the, uh, the transformation of our, of our material, uh, material items as well. And I mean, as far as the individual and, and more so of, of that point, um, I would have to say that like, since we're talking more of these deeper rooted soul desires as well, there is this, um, this yearning to be able to have some sort of inner worth, inner value, you know, not being able to feel your power from it, or you feel very powerful in that area as well, all depending on how you've balanced the energy plus other aspects in the chart as well. Um, but that generation with Pluto, uh, that Pluto and Taurus, like there is more so of a sense of, Okay, um, I don't, you know, I need to know what I'm doing with my my finances, or something bad, you know, could happen, or something really good could come into that way, depending on the transformation of of what's going on. And it was more so of this change that goes on with even how we look at what we consider to be um, of value, what we consider to be. Uh, crucial to our own internal soul stability. Um, and you can just think about the repercussions that can have with so much of that turmoil uh, maybe going on internally. And Taurus rules money, uh, material mm -hmm. value, uh, also the your inner value and inner worth. So, and I could see that. I could totally see uh, that, I, and I would guess, you know, I, it's funny because I really want to go back in history now and study what people were, you know, it's, it make, astrology makes everything more, so much more interesting because now I'd love to go back within that time frame and really see what people were going through. Uh, check out the financial system, check out what was going on when it came to material value, maybe some sort of bartering was, was around because this is before the Fed. Um, so I would love to see what that does. And, and even right now to give an example of say Taurus type, topics. Uh, Uranus is in Taurus. Uranus shakes things up. It, it, it 
you know, tears things down to make, you know, gives an earthquake and financial system, you know, now you have crypto uh, and all that. So you, you see uh, the, the tourist element really playing out with that. And, and with this, I could see it. And, you know, we, like I had said with Aries, I talked about cardinal signs. Now, now Taurus, Taurus is a fixed sign. And, and the Latin root of, uh, uh, of fixus means to latch onto or to fasten. So the fixed signs will fall kind of in the middle and uh, they're often very steady and stable. They fix things that are in place and are able to engage in like say sustained activity, earth, think of, you know, kind of in their earth sign because they think of over a long period and it's fixed. Um, and you could hear it in the word, you know? So, you know, they enjoy those peak moments of achievement kind of, they ride that. Uh, I, I always kind of think that with Leo, um, they really like to stand in the spotlight, shout out, um, love them all. Uh, but very obvious, my point is. And, and Taurus, being, you being a Taurus, Geo, I see very, you could be very fixed in your, the way you approach your personality, the way that you, you approach your worth with your finances and stuff like that. So you could see it within the people. So now within, yeah. the, within the generation though, you're gonna see this fixed and earthy manner come out. And, mm-hmm. and with that, the Taurus, Taurus is gonna dig into the earth itself and mm-hmm. build real elements to construct a solid life, but it's gonna move slowly and deliberately. So these people were definitely in touch with human nature, uh, very earthy people producing, was their focus in a sense, building um, all or nothing about pleasure, very nature focused and, and coexisted with it and conquered it. Yeah. Yeah. And I could also see how, uh, you know, with Pluto and Taurus, because also Pluto being in Taurus, it's actually weakened and frustrated. So I could see a challenge maybe for some of those people that had that placement or just during that time that people's comforts were challenged as well. You know, think about it. I mean, especially if, you know, civil wars going on as well, um, you know, people are being told that they you know, maybe they were used to having slaves do everything for them. And that was their, you know, it made their life more comfortable or more manageable. And now all of a sudden, you know, that's being challenged or, you know, there other ways of other people are not, you know, not ready, uh, you know, and don't want a war, but this is happening. Pluto is bringing this, uh, is, is influencing this to come up and happen. And we're having a weakened, uh, a weakened or frustrated system within um, everything that goes down to our comfortabilities, our stability and security as well. Not only that, also during this time, uh, there was a lot going on when it comes to um, federal notes, uh, you know, trying to establish there was a many attempts during this time to try to establish some sort of centralized banking, but it never, you know, it, it was constantly going through different changes and whatever. But it never really stuck until pretty much pretty much after this, um, which would be more so, um, I believe, actually would be, the you know, Pluto and Gemini. And we'll get into that. Um, uh, the other thing I kind of want to say is since we are talking you know, Earth, Pluto being the depths, uh, going below. How funny is it that we say during it, you know, it's during the time of civil war and slaves and you have this underground railroad that comes about uh-huh. in, in the whole escaping of, you know, oh, it really yeah. wasn't underground. Um, I mean, I'm sure there was certain the terminology things. itself. I mean, what it's called. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody, as I know, yeah. has probably heard that term before. Exactly. Yeah. Hiding. You know, there was people there was, uh, you know, these People trying to be free and hiding in in cellars, you know, they were they were hiding in, you know, different 
parts underground as well. Under Earth. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's, I think that's the kind of a funny connection. And these are the type of uh, symbolic associations that we can have when understanding the energies um, consistent. as a whole. They are consistent. Yeah. Like exactly. they are over Always. and over again. It just, it's a seizes mm -hmm. to amaze. Like it just, it, like truly it's what, I've always been a pattern person and just to see the patterns constantly. And mm -hmm. there's just too many at a point where you see so much synchronicity that you're just like, there's just no way um, that it's like, at least there is that intuitive fact that it could be useful and used as that tool, regardless whether you believe in the science of it or not, or that it's a real thing. It's just, it shows up, it shows up in history. It shows up in a timed events, plagues, all that stuff. We've mm -hmm. talked about that too. So you know, it was funny. Yeah. I, I get uh, an image in my head of I feel like in this age, like the symbol of like, or the type of person would be like the Victorian father guy who's, he's got the, he owns the, 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 the uh, plantation or whatever. And mm -hmm. he's, you know, his daughter is, is banging one of the workers and, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of, and, and the thing though with that is I could see that being a prominent role of why they were so stubborn, why they didn't want to change. And let's remind people that Pluto is the sign of Scorpio, right? It rules Scorpio. Taurus is the exact polar opposite. So you would hmm. see the tension you'd probably get yeah. and, and, and why there was so much, uh, say, you know, bite back of, of from hmm. these types of people considering Taurus is the fixed earth, but it also is opposite of the sign that Pluto rules. Yeah. And you also think about, you know, if it's uh, this sort of change or transformation as well, this was also bringing up challenging aspects towards how how the earth, you know, how farms, how plantations were even how they were being. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? How they were being uh, utilized tended to. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, the, yeah. Utilized, tended to, you know, this also could be the moving into uh, certain tools that come about in order to work the land and stuff as well um, during this time. Uh, there was another thing I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So also during this time, you know, obviously, which also led up to the Civil War, was this ushering in of when Pluto came into um uh, came into Taurus, you know, we think about Taurus as well being the throat, you know, being your, even the audible, the audible expression, it could be put as that way, Taurus as well. Um, and you can see that there is a dig deep inside and people finding their voice and speaking out, whether it be slaves, whether it be that there was also, um, uh, the whole, there was election fraud going on during the time of bleeding Kansas. This was around that time. And there's more of a speaking out on this electoral fraud as well uh, that that's going on. And electoral fraud has happened throughout history before that as well. Um, but it's really having more of a predominant notice and people are speaking out on it as well. Um, and this is this is that whole, you know, finding that, you know, digging deep within yourself and finding that voice, uh, being able to, uh, really have your head on a swivel, um, and, and come about through this, through this major change, uh, and this, this disruption that's going on as well. And then if we're talking more on a health aspect as well, Pluto being more so of those stresses or ailments, you know, this could come into, 
um, somebody with that displacement could have been, you know, certain throat throat problems or Mm -hmm. thyroid issues, um, um, stiff neck, um, you know, all all sorts of things ruling ruling that that area. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just thought of this too. Astrology is a game of uh, of association. It's really it. It's that simple. It's you know, you learn what these symbols mean. You learn what these signs mean. Uh, you, you you learn the archetypal nature of it, and then it's association. That's it. You you associate and see these things pop up over over and over again. And like Geo saying, with uh, uh, why would there be a thyroid issue? Well, Taurus rules the throat. Um, if you look at actually any Tauruses, you know, some might have more of a bigger, you know, neck, uh, you'll see it in people's bodies. You'll see people have more ailments with that depending on their, their chart. And obviously in this time, it was probably something very prominent. And this would lead to now say more research on finding those things. And just the more and more you search, the more you find and the more you realize it's all true. Um, and I would say definitely with, because Venus rules Taurus, um, they were all or nothing about pleasure stubborn, but very about pleasure, very about what they could touch, uh, sensual type of thing, you know, reality behind the material. And uh, I'd like to actually name off some of the uh, people from that, some, some very, uh, you know, influential and and life-changing people, people that really gave this generation its name. And so, um, scientists say you had Einstein. It's funny. I brought him up for it. It's actually ironic. I didn't know that. Um, but you had guys that were, had a strong feel for nature, Taurus rules nature. You had Hearst, Conrad, Frank Lloyd Wright, Jack London, and even Teddy Roosevelt. So some were into going beyond nature, conquering nature. Didn't matter as long as it was associated, as long as it was working with it. They wanted, certain people wanted to even penetrate nature and change it all for what it, you know, or discover it for what they wanted it to be. And you had Pierre Curie, or Curie, Einstein, Mar- again, Martin Buber, Buber. The phrase, um, but the phrase nature would be read in, uh, red and tooth and claw, which came from Jack London and uh, a big notable person within that generation. So uh, if you wanted to say, learn more about this, you go and find these ins- inspirational people that had everything to do with these types of topics, the type the people that represent this age. And I'm sure you'll find like we do all the time and you'll see the symbolism and it's just, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, and there also was, you know, during this time, there was some heightened epidemics going on as well, since we say Pluto with disease as well, and and uh, even viruses as well. There was, you know, smallpox, yellow, uh, yellow fever, scarlet fever, um, uh, and typhus. Those were big things going on um, during that time that was really also contributing to the changes in people's lives. Um, and also with, you know, it, and this also has an effect when it comes to discovery of certain medicines and discovery of, of, of how do we conserve life? How do we put, you know, how do we conserve people, uh, being able to live longer, especially with all these epidemics going on and these different types of, uh, of illnesses as well. You know, this kind of also was an ushering of, of that age and, and healthcare, I mean, you know, and that's more of a Virgo type thing. Um, And obviously you could probably find some sort of aspects or things going on during that time uh, that that maybe have more of that Virgo influence. Uh, But this is more so generally just the whole uh, coming up of certain diseases as well, um, which a lot of those 
do a lot of those diseases do attack the respiratory system, which in turn does um, go for the throat. Um, and and yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So and as you can see so far, I mean, it's it's definitely um it could be something very useful knowing this, especially if you have, and with these first two generations, even with Gemini, you're not going to have many people still alive. But once you understand these types of people from a soul level and uh, a generational level, you even can learn how to say, deal with them uh, or how to treat them and realize that maybe some things that are emphasized in them might be built in from this alone. It might not just be their sun sign. A sun sign in... Uh, say Pluto Scorpio, how you doing? Mm-hmm. From a sun sign in Pluto Leo, gonna be two, two completely different people. Um, they'll have hmm. similar qualities, but you're gonna see just a lot of those soul-based uh, qualities that came out of that generation into the person. So absolutely useful. Uh, if you're getting into astrology, I would recommend even starting here uh, just to understand the overall picture and then work your way back towards the sun and all that because really you're going to find out about a lot of people and a lot of time uh, and events in life that represent these things. And uh, it's fascinating. Definitely good dinner talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So moving along now, um, Pluto in Gemini generation. So that's now 1882 and 84 through 1912, 14. Um, during this time, uh, and this, and this placement, um, there was, revolutionized, uh, revolutionized during this time, you know, now during this time is when, you know, newspapers, uh, start becoming more, uh, becoming more of a prominent thing along with other types of, um, um, other types of like pamphlets as well. Uh, and just more of a, a consistency and a currency, uh, a currency for a currency, a currency for it. Um, occurrence, right. Yeah. An occurrence for it. You also have the, the, Phonograph and photography was now transformed and reproduced uh, to be able to have sounds and uh, and visual information for the public. Um, this is also the time when the first motion pictures were invented. Um, you know, it's Gemini also rules the the airwaves as well. You know, so the telegraph, the radio, telephone all came into being during this time. Gemini's and then also fucking bored, oh, yeah. <laughs> make a movie or something. <laughs> and then, you know, Gem- Gemini, since it's communication, it's, you know, um, it's the mind intellectual, uh, intellectual things as well. Adaptability, um, you know, certain flexibility as well. Sociable, talkative, versatile, um, during this time as well. And it also has a sense to do with more so of like travel too, but more of like local or shorter distance travel, um, more immediate environment too. Uh, this is also the time where two main, uh, forms of travel were formed and that would be the airplane and the automobile. Uh, so 
you know, there's that coming into play and that type of uh, in, in inventiveness that comes about. Um, let's see. Also, during this time, there's more of a, you know, it also can be Pluto and Gemini. Can you can have a very restless mind, uh, maybe not having power over your thoughts or or maybe feeling very powerful within your within your thoughts and your and your thinking and your you know how you talk as well um very pluto third house yes Mm -hmm. and also during this time of pluto and gemini you know there was a a major seek uh, a seeking out for change and freedom from the old this is that this is that transformation of it. And not only that, Gemini also uh, has a little bit to do with um, with even some some commerce as well that occurs. And during this time, which, you know, I kind of hinted towards it uh, back before, I think, during the, the Taurus. Now there was that whole trying to, you know, create a stable uh, um, um, centralized banking system. And now, finally, during this time, and I believe it was 1912, 1913, when it was official, um, that's when the Federal Reserve was formed. And so you see how we have now, all of a sudden, that intellectual mind, the idea finally comes together. Um, it's it's transformed in that way. And now, even just how we do commerce in that sort of way when it comes to banking, uh, that was now changed and that that means it's, there's a change to uh, to certain taxes and everything as well. Um, just how everybody's finances were handled, especially during that uprootedness from the previous Pluto and Taurus generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see that there's there's that whole point that comes into play. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot more when it comes to self-expression as well. Um Let's see what else. Um, trying to think. Oh well, I mean, also during that time too was they were starting to make the Titanic as well. Um, so that whole thing happened, and that also had to do with certain travel. That kind of travel was more long distance, so that would be Sagittarius. Um, but that's also the polar opposite of Gemini. So there's something which you'll always right. You'll always mm-hmm. have that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Polarities are a thing. So you could always obviously see the opposite of the sign and what it represents and you'll see kind of aspects of it and and all that. And I would think actually by having the polarity, you need that to actually balance out what it is you're trying to do with the sign in itself anyway. So you need the polarity. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And then Gemini also rules um, the element of Mercury as well. There was a lot that occurred during that time when it comes to the uses of mercury. Um, and not only that, this is where we start to see, especially more towards, you know, the 1900s, um, where journalism became more of a, um, more of a predominant thing of doing. And there was more so of an association with it, with, with this type of, uh, gossip and with this type of like, you know, going out and, and figuring out and finding and knowing information and then sharing it as well. Um, and also when it comes to sales and business, you know, Gemini, you know, some Gemini people can, 
um, get into journalism and sales and be a teacher as well or a linguist. Um, and the astrological def- car mm-hmm. salesman. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there was that, especially now with the fact that the Federal Reserve is formed, finances are definitely changed. Um, and shysty. You know, remember yes, Mercury and Gemini is the trickster. So, and how mm-hmm. ironic Federal Reserve comes in and we all know how much of a sham that is. Yeah. And that's the thing. Pluto can be that more cunning type of try to side backdoor deals, which um, literally during this time, especially the beginning all the way, you know, that whole 1882 to nine, uh, you know, up to the time of the, the Federal Reserve being made, which was that 19, I think it was actually 1912. Might have been 1911. Uh, um, no, because uh, okay, so it was 1914. Yes, yeah. Um, it actually yeah. was actually started once J.P. Morgan after J.P. Morgan died. Um, I think no, mm-hmm. wait, what was it? I for, I forget. I think J.P. Morgan well, died wh- a year was, later. Uh, when was Titanic? Titanic was 1911. Oh, it was before it? Because I was about to say, J.P. Yeah, Morgan it was, was supposed to be, there was that whole conspiracy. Yeah, he was with, supposed to be on yeah. that ship, but he yeah. got sick. Um, so therefore, like, and he canceled it that Bullshit. day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not only that, not only that, three other big conglomerates were on that ship, um, which all were opposed to the Federal Reserve. Uh, so there you go. You have that cunning, sociable tense uh, tension going on as well with Gemini. Can be some tension there. Corruption uh, as too. well. You know, the two sides, you know, the, you know, there's, there was that two sides of things as well that were coming about. Um, So yeah, you can just really put together the Pluto um, aspects of things and then the whole Gemini and see how, you know, that Gemini energy impacted those soul desires of who was trying to transform how we how we communicate, how we do commerce and business, Um, you know, you know, just how we can be more intellectual as well. Um, you know, this, a lot of this also opened up, especially with the centralized banking system, opened up the ability to, to open more, uh, I'm not, yeah, open, but, or no, to form, um, more universities and create more of this intellectual society. And, and it's, it was, it was still a very revolutionary time, uh, for all this. Yeah, and being being a Gemini, I could totally represent uh, you know all that stuff being true about communication. Uh, you know, we love to talk and we like to develop new ideas uh, about those. You know, about communication. About you mentioned commerce. Uh, you know, it's funny. Mercury is the Wednesday is named after Mercury. Mercury is Gemini's planet, and Wednesday is the day of commerce. So mm. even in the in the day, you see. Uh, that it, it starts to pop through. So, but with Gemini, we're talking uh, mutable, and mutable comes from the Latin mutabilis, which means um, change. You know, and actually, for the Eng- English word, it comes from mutate. It comes from mutate or mutation, and it means flexible, adaptable, and thrives on change. And if you look at that time in history, you're seeing a lot of change, and it's also swift. You know, it, it's it's this very rapid, very all over the place, uh, different perspectives and different things being approached, uh, very restless time. And, uh, and with it being an air sign, air is going to be a strong focus on logic. It's going to be mentally, 
uh, focused or, or analytical, resourceful, creative. So you see a lot of these things really popping in. But, you know, even even a lot of air signs are very about freedom and independence as well. And it's ironic you see that polarity come out where something like the Federal Reserve coming into play. Uh, and which uh, now that I think about it, though, 1914 going into 15, that's when the generation is shifting into cancer. So it gets its little last hurrah by allowing that Federal Reserve to come in just like the trickster and get us basically locked into mm -hmm. a fractal banking system, which is HM. Uh, look it up. Very true. It's a, it's bullshit basically. Um, mm -hmm. kind of the more, the dark polarity of it. And, and Pluto came in and that was the corruption. That was that gangster. Yeah. You know, you said you'd mentioned it's criminal activity and stuff like that. And when you really yeah. break it down, a lot of uh, our, our government from the past and all those people had a very gangster ish aura. Uh, the, 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 the way they dressed, the way they approached, the way they met up was very secret. It's very mafia-ish. Um, yeah. I mean, this was the time of 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 that starting to have. It, it, it was in the inner workings that stuff was really starting to come about, especially with all these backroom deals and everything. I mean, obviously that was always there, but this is where we start to see the real start of organized crime before it comes out on the scene, which it'll yeah, come down yeah. a few years later mm -hmm. um, in the next uh, in the next generation. But this is where we see that not only that, um, you know, we're talking Pluto being in Gemini um, and up until 1914. But we also got to remember if we're talking then again on the health aspect, we're talking Gemini has to do with the air. Uh, breathing, the lungs as well. During 1912 was when the Spanish flu came about and there was an mm -hmm. attack on, uh, it was a respiratory immune, uh, I mean, a respiratory virus. Um, and that also, I think that also came around um, with the aspect Saturn was making to Pluto. And remember, still at this time, Pluto was not discovered yet. It was, it, it so it was still mm -hmm. hidden from our actual, you know, our actual awareness and our sight. Um, there was already a, 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 you know, a looking for something that was, you know, that was affecting Neptune and Uranus and, and, and stuff at some point. Um, but it wasn't fully discovered yet. So, and I believe that it was, um, I mean, I know that, I know that Saturn did uh, during 1912. They I conjuncted. Right. He, I, I believe it. Yeah, I because Saturn entered in Gemini, uh, in Gemini of July. Yeah, I fucked up then before when I said Jupiter-Saturn conjunction with the plague. It's actually Jupiter-Pluto, or sorry, yeah. Saturn and Pluto come together and they conjunct. So and what he's saying, so in that, yeah. it, at that particular time when something comes out with the respiratory virus and that's very Pluto-ish and, and all that, Gemini, the lungs breathing. And then mm -hmm. you also have the same exact transit that just happened prior to COVID-19. Yep, exactly. I think so. Saturn went into Gemini so in conjunct Pluto. Mm -hmm. And um, there, there you go, where you have your emergence of that type of disease that comes in and attacks the respiratory system as well. Yeah. Um, yeah I do so have a few more things too. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I was just saying if you had, uh, I don't know if you were wrapping it up, but I just wanted nah, to get this out because nah. a key word that you could really use for this is propagandist. Like uh, mm. the word is reality to these people. And it's funny, a very high pitched voices. Uh, Mercury always getting the rap from Palmer and everybody else. <laughs> the Mercury uh, 
impersonation. But yeah, high pitched, I could see, but lively energy. Actually, Mickey Mouse was the icon for this generation. I could see Mickey Mouse being very Gemini because it's like, I don't know, there's something about it that's uh, very jesterish, I guess, mm. or I don't know what I'm saying with that, but like, you know, Disney World, I think, comes around at the time, Mickey Mouse, and, and somehow is this icon around this generation. And uh, it's it was a creative thing, too. It's bringing in, what I think I'm thinking of is Gemini represents like playful. So you have mm-hmm. this Disneyland come in, Mickey Mouse, he comes in, and, it, and it's also lightheartedness and intellectual, too. So um, I'm trying to see here my last few things. Uh, so, yeah, you have the propagandists. They were pioneers in media, communicators, uh, very intellectual, uh, part of publisher Paris generation in academia. And words were all or nothing to these people. They had very light and raspy voices. And they sculpted their reality out of words, treaties and newspapers, like Gio had said. And it's uh, almost like, quote unquote, the pen was my mightier than the sword or the pen was mightier than the sword. It was all about the it wasn't like an Aries energy where it was about war or action or anything like that. It was more so about the word and changing ideas, uh, very knowledgeable. And um, and yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. I, I got a few people uh, that were in that if we want to add that in uh ronald reagan which was a great communicator uh in that in that group and then you have norman rockwell walt disney dr seuss uh jason pollock uh let's see salvador dali uh but very as you could see is like what i was saying even about the disney world thing is like a playful experimental new ideas new ways to communicate even with disney the the way that they uh taught the youth was a lot through Disney. If you go back on a lot of episodes, there was one episode I recall where they were teaching the uh, Pythagorean, uh, like all the pyramid geometry and all that stuff was in Disney uh, material. So it was even actually a way to teach, if you think about it, a way to communicate this knowledge Mm. within the creative process. Yeah, exactly. So there is this uh, sense of with Pluto and Gemini, this like, this like, need uh, to reinvent uh, people needing to reinvent themselves um um through even types of trips and adventures um and meeting new people and uh, even immersing themselves in new cultures as well um and then also you know if we're still thinking about that time especially with being able to you know we said the titanic so that's that's a trip or an adventure and that's coming about during this time as well there's also a sense maybe that there was a need for um for some sort of constant stimulation um and this brings about uh a lot of inspiration during that time but on the more negative side it could come to this feeling of being unfulfilled um you know not feeling like you have the power to uh to communicate effectively or be uh you know be in some sort of social uh event or even social status um you know can can be challenged and trying to find your power within that trying to find your you know your 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 take back from these sort of interactions as well yeah, and found a lot in uh, because the radio, movies, and TV all became popular around that time as well. Mm-hmm. That you could see a lot of influence could have come from that. You know, a lot of people would follow. You know, as as a Gemini, I get a lot of inspiration from media. 
uh, like music and movies and all that can even, they've definitely has had a lot to do with shaping my reality and shaping the way I see it. Um, so that obviously comes into play as this generation does. And, and Pluto comes in and basically wipes all those qualities out from the past and brings in new and allows this evolutionary process to take place. And let's not forget also cars and bicycles were the first transportation devices or, you know, things used as within that generation as well. So you even have the transport, you have the effect from the media, you have the effect from, uh, you know, c communication with writing and all that stuff. And then you also have, you know, all this cars and, and bikes start coming into play. And all I think of is just this little mercurial guy riding a bike. Like it is so true with Gemini, man. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> being a yeah. Gemini, I see it all over my own life. And I see it with all the ones that I know that we are really all the same type of people. And it's, it's really truly the focus here, but about how did it come in and harbor in a change and how did it transform and transmute this older energy and bring something new in? And you could definitely see it. You could, you could see it in the people, you could see it in the events, you could see it in the things invented. And, um, I definitely want to look more deeper in who knows if we, cause I know Gio and I are going to start making more, uh, YouTube content and Patreon con uh, content. I would love to have really in-depth uh, videos about these times in history to even go deeper. And maybe one day we mm -hmm. will do that, you know, just to go back in history and get some, cause you know, history is trying to be deleted right now. So it might be even good to revisit and see it and use astrology as kind of an excuse to, to revisit it and go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. And also to see the more, the more hidden things that maybe aren't so, um, in our textbooks, I guess you say, or things that we, we, we necessarily, um, knew, know about or, or, or are very noted for the world stage. Yeah, uh, not because, the system based shit. Yeah. Because knowing these things, we'll be able to see, um, how certain systems or things came to be as well. Um, and we could see the type of influence it had um, and then be able to understand if that system nowadays, it, one, if it's still around, you know, how effective is it? Is it, was it, was it made through blood? Is it made uh, in a, in a corrupt way? And, and that's, and it's contributing to some sort of corruption as well. There's a lot of things we can see by going into, uh, into that, history yep hmm. well so i think that's i think that really caps that yep so and next. yeah let's let's go on let's move on let's go to uh pluto and cancer i'll, I'll start this yep. one off good um so pluto and cancer generation was 1914 to 1939 and wow what years world war one great depression He's talk about changing the home life, family life. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, cancer is a cardinal water. And of course we know that cardinal means pivotal. It also means to initiate, to be first. Um, you know, so it's gonna, it's gonna harbor in and start off a lot of new things. And with water, you're talking about things like emotions and a home, imagination, feelings, uh, hidden emotional stuff. Uh, you know, think, always think water, always think deep rooted emotion, the inner world of people. But when it comes to cancer, we're talking also family roots. You're talking the, uh, the mother. I know that now that I think about it with the mom being the focus too, if you think, I think a lot of the, um, the mothers around that time, men either had to go to war. There was the great depression. So men couldn't support this. So there, I think there was a lot of focus actually, even on the mom being, um, 
damaged, uh, not being supported, not being nurtured. And that had to come in. Pluto had to come in and, and transform that, transmute it, transform mm-hmm. the family. Um, because cancer would rule things like family and food, um, it, you know, values too, very powerful characters. And staying with the familiar would be the paramount because cancer loves to be in the familiar, it loves to be at home. It's the crabby crab wants to, you know, sit in its castle, not be bothered and is comfortable, wants to get under the blanket and be left alone. So as a whole, as a generation, at that point of probably going through chaotic Pluto Gemini, we, we had our we had things worked out and all that energy probably had worn us down to the point where, hey, look, we found our emotional comfort and this, but it was very hard. Pluto doesn't make things easy because of the depression and the war. All of those things that were cancer uh, based were very, very hard to come by and it had to be transformed and transmuted before we can have it. And that took all the way up to the end of the age or the end of the, the cycle of Pluto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely see how that, um, especially when you actually look at the times, um, you could see how during the Pluto cancer time it is, it, there's this, there's this, uh, home life or family life upheaval. Um, when it comes to people trying to settle in or manage their, their homes and their families, um, it's com- being completely transformed between yes. Um, uh, world war one, the great depression that, you know, this is where the women had to take on, uh, either mothers, like you're saying, had to take on this extra role, you know, be the father as well, while the father was either off to war or, you know, trying to put food on the table. A lot of times, you know, because the mother, you know, normally was a stay at home mom and took care of the kids. There was a time that now this was transformed to the sense that the mother had to find a way to try to make some sort of money and put food on the table as well. Um, you know, not only that, we get a sense of since we are talking about home as well, this was a time of like serious uh, national and homeland pride. And we see that especially when it comes to um, more so the, the later the later uh, part of Pluto and Cancer with, you know, yes, it was happening during World War One as well. But World War Two with uh, with fascist Italy, with Germany. Uh, even the U.S., because during the war, there wasn't more of a sense of patriotism as well, uh, but also Japan as well. There's an emergence of being having this pride in their homeland, especially Nazi Germany and, and, and fascist Italy, where it was a sense of trying to get things back to the mother, you know, the original motherland and purification as well uh, in, in this sort of sense. Um, also, cancer does rule uh, um a certain aspect of agriculture. Um, and during this time, there was a, a, a great drought and misery for uh, farmers and their land. Um, and so therefore there is this, you know, a contribution to even making it harder to put food on the table. Um, and, and it's really disruptive. The home life was really, um, really just chaotic at that point. Um, not only that, you also have uh, industrial unions. Those uh, those start to rise and to try to go against the power of these greater corporations that were now established um, and also these financial sectors. Um, and then families start to have more of this investment, especially now, you know, sort so later and even, you know, before the Great Depression of trying to have a certain investment uh, with with 
with their finances, uh, thinking really about, you know, how they're going to set their home up and their families and, and, you know, especially with, with now the banking system was more in swing, especially with the federal reserve now is established. So people are having that thought and there's also intense emotions, um, for people with Pluto, Pluto cancer, you know, having intense emotional and creative imagination as well. Um, this also could be, um, you know, somebody with this placement could have had uh, deep resentment for others, good uh, other people's good fortune as well. Um, and it, it does, like we said, tra- transforms the whole um, nurturing side of things and the mother of how we how we're going to do this. Um, uh, also, could be the sense that you know, say Pluto, uh, Pluto Cancer, this deep yearning and desire to. Um, have a family and to, to be a mother, so to say, um, or a father. Um, but yeah, there's a nurturing you know, just, role, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like bringing all that about as well. Um, could it also be the fact that just, you know, family was taken away from you, family gone, yeah. killed, yeah, you know dead. What? I, I, you could say this too. This is a big one, I guess, with, with Pluto placements and all. Always think too is, uh, I feel like he comes in and if, say, not if only things are just out of shape, but if maybe we lacked appreciation or we, it wasn't functioning well as is, it's like, it's funny. You see a lot of this pattern of the previous generation comes in and, kind of sets a new standard for the next one. And that usually ends up being the problem. So with all of the stuff with Gemini and federal reserve and the cause of wars and, and all this stuff, and, and just the change itself leads to the Pluto cancer of these home issues, family issues. It's like the story plays out consistently and you'll see it over and over again as the, the generation shift, you see that the problems usually that we're developing from that, that current uh, generation is actually something that, comes from the last generation it's it's your or even the one previous like there's these things obviously over time will accumulate into issues and and i would say that when you're in a current pluto uh, transit that this came from the previous few that had caused those changes ended up causing the the these other things to be now um hidden issues at that time and then when pluto hits the sign boop it reveals it you know and uh, i remind people with cancer on the negative polarity um, I've dated a bunch. I have a moon in cancer. The negative polarity of a cancer would be very, um, spiteful, very, you know, their emotions mean everything. It's like, it's a palpable emotional force from, from these people. So they, they use the force of feelings to envelop and sometimes even manipulate others. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can see that as a whole, when it comes to what the government's doing, what the other, probably other people, families, uh, corruption ends up becoming this very, paramount thing because of the state of our society and the economical side and financial side of things. So you could see that Cancerian negative polarity playing out. Um, and it, it definitely becomes about how can we fix the family? How can we bring the dad back in so the mom can be healed? Uh, you know, and I know, I think with, I know Pisces rules alcohol, but a lot of these people developed either eating or alcohol problems. Now, cancer does rule like 
uh, like pleasure foods, right? Like, or things that you fill your void with a lot of cancers. If you know them, they're, you know, uh, escape or anything like that could be eating a bunch of shit underneath a blanket and hiding from the world and being spiteful. Uh, you know, so it's definitely a prominent role to, to uh, of this Pluto coming in of harboring indefinitely that highly emotional negative cancer side. And uh, you could see it in the family. You could see it in the country with the patriotism and all that as well with the wars. And uh, and yeah, uh, also, I note I note that this group of uh, people had huskier voices than the Pluto and Gemini. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pluto and cancer also like, you know, basically as a sum up as well, um, these are the people or group um, that could have found their were, were, were finding their power through uh, emotional intensities and and deep relationships and uh, very possessive towards the ones that they love, you know, trying to have more so of that control. And uh, they may even try to control their emotions or have the lack of control of over their emotions. Um, definitely people that would feel things intensely, um, um, and, and just having this hold on their possessions. And then also even having a hold, uh, onto their childhood beliefs or their family beliefs. Um, even if, even if experience tells them otherwise, um, and like I said, deep need, or family values and a home life. Um, they could also be very sensitive and sympathetic as well uh, and protective. So yeah, it's yeah, like I, mean, little, I, I think mm-hmm. little or little, I'm sorry, little emotion or high emotion. It's either it's one or the other. Yeah. Like they lacked it or they had a lot of it regardless. And I think the people that showed that they had not a lot of it, they did, but repressed it, which would mm-hmm. be Pluto. Yeah. And they could be a homebody and be more, um, more of the type to shy away from change and really struggle with that. Um, and really, you know, in being in their comfortabilities and especially if we're talking about what was occurring during that time and this, this whole upheaval and and this change, you know, it was very hard for people and there's so many different repercussions that, uh, could have came about from that. Yeah. And although many of this generation will say, you know, you'll hear a lot of these people, if you're, you know, not that I know many, but it, it, through that time, you'll get this vibe that family's everything from them when, but when you actually look at their actions, since they were seeking some sort of that, maybe that motherly nurturing, uh, and if they didn't have it from the family, considering how maybe distressed the mom was or whatever, they would, like Gio's saying, going into their childhood things that made them feel comfortable and stick to it. Now, they would say family is everything, but actually, if you look at the 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 actions they take, they're actually not on many speak or speaking terms with many of their family members because of, because of that alone. And uh, this is because they took to heart many of the hurts that were caused by the members of their family. So in reality, family is, is nothing thus showing the all or nothing side, the Pluto Pluto is always that pola- that polarizing and negative side. Now with this generation too, they lived on the road and uh, with, I had mentioned the negative side of Pluto they, a lot of them wanted nothing to do with family or home. They, they wanted to just stay in that childish way. This generation has uh, probably the most alienated family members. And per, perhaps because so many power struggles would, would take place within the family, uh, 
they, they, they may have decided that they wanted nothing to do with it. So power for the Pluto and Cancer people uh, was around emotional protection of, say, more their community or country or the things that felt like their family. Uh, they mm-hmm. could have lied behind patriotism. And, and with this generation have, having strong and unique personalities, uh, I had mentioned the prior generation, Pluto and Gemini, which created uh, you know whole worlds that we remember through words. This generation had powerful personalities. We remember these people for themselves. We they 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 had a, a presence because the emotional um, you know uh, aura or the the the, per, the emotional intensity that these people have had. Yeah, I mean, even think about um, you know Hitler's rise to power during that time. A lot of these Jewish families you know, were hiding away in their shell, if you want to say, um, you know, and, and trying to hide and protect their families, uh, from this type of atrocity that was happening. Um, but yeah, so Pluto and Cancer definitely have a hard time dealing with, uh, can have a hard time dealing with change or, um, may try to like, you know, hide away from something or put it off, uh, when really they're the ones who, are the one who can actually deal with whatever mess is going on uh, and leaving it like that can actually more so intensify it instead of confronting it um, in that, you know, nurturing aspect as well. Um, But also it could just be just the, you know, straight up, they can get their power from relying on family, you know, really kind of making that deeper connection. Yep. Hmm. Sorry. Fixing myself. Yep. All good. Um, but I think that um I think that nails it for um for the Pluto cancer. Yeah, yeah, cruising along. And I hope the listener at this point is is truly can can see uh the importance of it and then when we get up to more current events, uh can apply this uh, to the newer generations, the millennials, uh, and of course the previous two episodes talking about that. And then even the Pluto Capricorn that, which is uh, around, I think 2010, uh, or 2008. Uh, and then we also had the Pluto Sagittarius from the late nineties. And you could see now in each generation, maybe why they are the way they are. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people that uses astrology for an excuse for people to be, you know, I think the artistic side so far of Pluto Sag does not speak volumes. Uh, so I'm not sticking up for them or giving them a pass, but really do. If you think about Pluto, even in Sagittarius, the, uh, they, they want to create these big visions and ideas, but Pluto is the wiping out of those previous ideals and those things to start new. So I think their time will come, but yes, you'll see a lot of these things play out with the current ones. And I think that's why really we wanted to focus on this big time because you now can see in people and have more compassion and more of an understanding, not only for yourself, but for them. Yep, exactly. It helps you just to understand even, even if so, especially cause you know, yeah, there may be certain people that are still alive with, uh, say Pluto and cancer. Um, I'd, doubt anybody's Pluto and Gemini is still alive. I mean, never know, possibly. Yeah, could be um, rocking. Could, could be. Um, but also, too, you could think about Pluto and Cancer. A lot of that could be some of our grandparents if they are still alive. You know, take a look at them. They might actually have um, this greater sense of family and maybe even, you know, set up their family for the long run back for their whole life. You know, they've always they might have a heavy importance on doing that, 
you know, whether it's trust funds or any sort of thing in that sort of sense, uh, just kind of conserving and nurturing those things for the family later on in life. Um, but yeah, just understanding all these, you know, Pluto through the signs as well. It just gives us deeper understanding of Pluto and how it could bring it about better acquaints it for us, better be able to symbolize it, especially even with the signs. And we can also learn more about each sign through this as well and the different types of way of of balancing each sign. So whether one of these signs is somewhat some other sort of planet or your sun sign, whatever it may be, you know, this kind of with Pluto being that power, uh, that power or powerlessness we can see the theme surrounding, um, say, you know, one of the, our major planets or something like that in a certain sign. And we can learn through Pluto how to balance that out because we are talking about the uh, duality as well. So we'll be able to get get that insight from this. But as far Beautiful. as moving on, Pluto Leo generation. So that's 1937, 39. Yeah, 1937, 39. Um, just cause of certain retrogrades, I believe. Yeah. yeah I was about um, to say why we flux is due to the mm-hmm. retrograde. Sometimes it moves back into a sign and then goes, mm-hmm. it, it'll do that actually, even with, uh, currently with Pluto Capricorn, we'll go into Pluto and Aquarius with it's to 2023. It actually retrogrades back. So that's why with these past generations, you'll have those moments of, uh, kind of flux in the beginning of each. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, that goes all the way up until 1956, 58. Um, And when we think about, you know, Pluto, Leo and that time, you know, we're talking, you know, still, yes, World War Two is going on and the U.S. actually aids the Allies to victory uh, over Germany and and, and Japan during this time. So it is that courage to enter, uh, enter this, this, uh, this world war and going into it and and being dignified and confident <laughs> and honorable and just a certain way of going about it. And then also it sheds a limelight on the United States during this time because, you know, especially, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but like we weren't in the war for a long time. And um, Roosevelt actually like was very hesitant on being involved in the war, but they always were involved. The United States was pretty messed up. They actually would use their persuasion or influence in some sort of, sort of way to either um, aid. Then, yes, they did. If anybody tries to tell me no, they did actually, the United States in certain ways aided either Nazi Germany or aided Japan. What they were doing, it was kind of like throwing a bone to be able to either steer them away from their allies or to put more pressure in a certain sense for their own business or their own. Yeah, their own business interests and whatever interest it may be. Um, Control and power. Yeah. So, you know, they didn't. And it, and and the United States didn't right away get, in, get involved on the world stage of being like, OK, we're going to war and we're helping our allies. We helped our allies a little bit. Uh, during the process, uh, certain things, but not really actually until that time came of that courageousness and that de- defining changing moment uh, of of coming in and being proud, especially um, especially, you know, once, you know, there was, you know, 
war-torn France, and especially that being one of our allies, and then Pearl Harbor happening. This is where the pride comes in, and and they go full force. And not only that, uh, Leo can be excessive. And <laughs> when shit went down, the United States used excessive force. Hiroshima, um, 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 Nagasaki, those bombings and everything like, you know, they went full blown and they became uh, with which Leo can be authoritative in a way and very regal. Um, it's they they came on the scene as the bigger authority as well. So um, not only that, you know, like I said, they're um, I learned this word. uh, uh Mag, okay, it's hard. Magnano, magna, magnanimous, yes, magnanimous, which mm-hmm. means you know that basically, uh, kind of giving aid and you know giving resources. They they that's the other thing. After they defeated a country, they were mag, magna, mag, magnanimous, <laughs> magnanimous with these other countries that they defeated by giving them resources or money to help them rebuild. Um, so this Pluto Leo theme is really more so that authoritative coming, you know, you know, coming out, coming out in the limelight as well. Um, you know, not only that, 1945, that's when the UN, uh, the United Nations was formed. And this is where now all of a sudden all these expressive, since Leo is expression and create creative expression as well, all these new viewpoints of nations working with each other come about um, through through the United Nations as well. Uh, not only that, the... Uh, the Korean War was also during this time, um, and that was to save a nation from aggression. So that's Leo like coming to be the hero and the honorable uh, doing that whole thing. Um, so Leo is a power sign and we're talking Pluto, this type of death and rebirth and transformation uh, of how we even look at power, world power. Um you know, it also could be the abuse of power, which obviously we did see there was an abuse of power during that time. Um, also, during this time, I would say that lives and careers um, at some point uh, be, were were crippled or destroyed, uh, very Pluto, um, because of uh, McCarthyism. So that was also during that time. Um, and yeah, just this, this love of or conceitedness of this type of power since Pluto would be power or being powerless. Um, yeah. I think this also kind of formed a domineering ego. Um, and we think about even during the time, especially after world war two, you know, think about society, especially in the United States, how people were at this time, they had this sense of being proud and winning the war. And now everything's booming all of a sudden, um, people are, you know, uh, having more of a sense of, um, looking a certain way, having a certain type of image and, um, uh, you know, being confident in what they're doing. Uh, uh, let's see, you know, and, 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 and you know, this also goes in the form of the sense that even the nation as, as a whole developed this certain sort of ego or, or self um, uh, self aggrandizement of being like, we are now the superpower of the world. We're the heroes. 
we can do whatever we want. We're going to move forward with all these things and have this sort of national pride and this will and this courage to prevail amongst everybody on the world stage um, or with everybody. Uh, So there was a sense of arrogance, uh, arrogance as well. Um, And then this also goes for the individual, you know. Yeah, I'll let you I'll let you interject. (laughs) I feel like Leo is a, a broad, a broad one that you could go a lot into. No, yeah, that's fine. I mean, God, man, take the stage. That'd be very Leo, wouldn't it? Um, True. Taking the stage. Um, no, yeah, South Node and Leo here, by the way. So, I mean, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, but, um, or I'm, I could be good at it, uh, but I don't, nah. I mean, I can be, but I choose not to be. Uh, if you read what the South Node is and you'll understand. But so, the, Leo is fixed fire. So, as we mentioned, that fire is... It's like the continuation of what's begun. It's the middle, very steady and stable. It's going to sustain something over a long period of time. So we come out of this war and there is, is the sustainment of ego, um, you know, and it comes from, you know, pride has this positive side to it where it's, it's actually from the heart. Like you, hmm. it's like as if, you know, um, think, uh, you know, it was, uh, Tom Brady's a Leo. Think about when he wins the Super Bowl every time. It's always about his team. He's got heart. He's, you know, as much as he's on the stage, he's actually a, a good polarity of Leo because he shows the love to his people. And that's what would be with the country winning the war. It, that's what it would be at first. We came from the heart. We were protecting our people. The, the military went over and they, they served us uh, in, in our home and all that. And they sustained it. Right. How ironic. Hmm. But um, as a fire sign, it's also very spontaneous uh, and inspired to do things. Very big passions, bursts of enthusiasm. So like fire Hmm. itself, it could flare up the inspiration. It can make things overly passionate. Uh, Live large. You know, God, I I got a few examples of Leo's. I could totally blow out of the water with this, but we'll we'll keep it light. But um, yeah, with like the qualities of these people, it's like more so life lived intensely. uh, How ironic, but follow the leaders blindly. Or not at all, but follow them mm-hmm. blindly uh, about having fun, about creativity, uh, large egos and self-centeredness. And uh, people call this the me generation. And they also call it the baby boomer generation. And it's funny, too. The, this generation is the baby boomers. They incarnated, uh, incarnated here around the end of World War II, as we're saying, when the first atomic bomb was dropped. And that dropped during Pluto Leo. Approximately seven, 76 million children were born after the soldiers returned home from their call of duty. A lot of fifth house action there. A lot of love. You know, Pluto, um, plutonium, the, the yeah. bombings, you know, bombings, that type yep. of destructive fixed. nature. Right, right. Yeah. Also fixed fire. So very, yeah. you know, they, and we those bombs on it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um. and it resulted in actually a massive population expansion too. Leo does rule pleasurable sex by the way so mm-hmm. but but it's no coincidence that and children yes yeah, and children the house of children right there you mm-hmm. go uh god i can't believe i missed that but um yeah it's no coincidence that in in quote unquote hey baby what's your sign was a common phrase for uh this generation as well so <laughs> yeah as we could see we see it play out uh humongously with this leo energy and uh a, a lot even the hippies came from this generation as well, ended up evolving into those types of people because they had all the fun, they were doing all the Leo stuff, and then they they come in with their Leo ego a few, a decade or two later, somewhat around, and they're like, well, no, we did that, but you can't because we know what's better. We, you know, we may have had that fun, but you follow what we say, and there's that negative polarity of Leo, you know, very dramatic follow the leader. Uh, we're going to tell you what's up. And that's, that's about it. Like, you know, I, I was in a band and 
Um, he's a Leo and had that dictator Leo and like I know better um, and very dramatic and very about what he's saying. And and you can see it in the, in the population at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. there's definitely definitely an error where, uh, you know, sensual pleasures and pleasure principles were um, were transformed or heightened. Um, and then also an error of this mass hero worship. Leo can be the hero um, in that sense because it's an honorable leader, um, you know, in the limelight as well. There was a mass worship of, of either war or media personalities. So whether it was certain generals, I mean, I know, God, uh, General Patton, Patton was glorified uh, during that time. Uh, expect, yeah, especially during that time. Um, and then also media personalities as well that we saw that came on during the scene at that time. Um, trying to think more specifically of who during that time. I got, I got one for you. Yeah. Uh, in astro theology, Jesus is represented by the sun, which is ruled by Leo. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not saying that's a negative side. I'm saying that's the king, the, uh, the, the one who is the savior, the leader. You can see the Leo attributes all over Jesus Christ. So that would be more of the positive aspects Mm of it. Yeah. People are trying to find their inner hero in them. And not only that, Pluto in Leo um, tends to kind of like revel within the challenges thrown their way, Um, you know, through that sense of certain ego that may come about and the loving of the, the love to show off. So this can be a great way to overcome adversity uh, or a sense to kind of get ahead of yourself and totally just fucking shit the bed at that point. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, no matter what, it helps gain this sort of uh, better, this gain some sort of experience through, uh, through, through their, through what they're doing and, and through these certain changes that they're coming about. Um, you know, not only that, you know, like we said, this is creative transformation, even just how motion pictures were being transformed during that time, uh, to be more creative, whether it was film, uh, art as well. Uh, there was new, just new, more, uh, what's it called? More dramatic, more, uh, just more to it, just very, Glitz and glam, especially that, that really came bigger on the scene as well. I think superficial. Exactly. Everything just became more heightened during that time. And it's like almost like out of nowhere, out of the depths. Um, Also, if we want to think about it, since Leo rules the heart um, and Pluto being some sort of uh, Pluto can also uh, represent surgery in a sort of way. So people with this placement, um, could have a tendency to have some sort of heart surgery um, or some sort of heart problem, heart transplant, heart attacks as well. That's one way to to kind of look at it in, in a sense to enlarged heart. <laughs> Who knows? You know, it's and and it's pretty crazy because when you think about it, like during that time, uh, you know, we have fast food presence coming up as well. And a lot of this generation, you know, that grew up or was born and grew up a little bit in that, um, you know, had the tendency of that all American, that all American meal, that all American way of being and stuff. And then later on in life suffered the, the, the consequences of heart, heart disease, uh, having heart disease. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's funny. The uh, universe threw me a little Easter egg that with, mm. um, 
as with you know all Pluto generations and their negative attributes, this one includes uh, arrogance, selfishness, self-centeredness, uh, lust, deception, but my favorite is vanity. Now, I remind people what I just said. I had a singer who was a Leo, and our the name of our band was called Failure in Vanity. Now, we didn't name our band because we knew... You know, and we all have Leo in our charts. So I'm not just blaming him, but more so is we we named the band because we tend we wanted to really uh, staple the you know we defined it as a lot of people fail when in vanity because it, you know maybe you even you become materially su- successful and all you fail as a person because you tend to become about yourself you become a snob uh, you destroy things because of your self centeredness. So it's funny that vanity is a big Leo trait. I had a, a singer who's a Leo. I have a South Node Leo. And, uh, and yeah, failure and vanity. So just a little Easter egg there. I thought, thought I'd mentioned that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, no, that's a great, great, uh, even just a connection, a connection right there, you know? Yeah. So yeah, man, if, uh, you know, and then I, you think about it too, Pluto Leo, since it has to do with more of, you know, the will towards yourself, um, mm. you know, it could be the sense that, you know, especially with Pluto being more of the hidden stuff, trying to find or understand uh, more so of these hidden truths um, on their own or about themselves, going into it more of that way, um, and also trying to more so explore the depths of um, of personalities and and uh, but more so of like their own. And this is where that real soul searching could come into play to whether you end up having some sort of derogatory view on yourself as, you know, some sort of authority, as some sort of creative or um, expressive type, you know, person or, it, you know, it could either it could suppress it uh, or it could be the one that it just comes out about and you come into this this you know, leadership role. Um, also, you know, that could go excessive as well. And this is why it's important to understand the balance. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a, incredible little, that's a, that's a very, very, very prominent, uh, generation baby boomers. We still hear that term thrown out today and they actually have a lot to do with, uh, you know, the tension that a lot of millennials have would say the older crowd has a lot to do with that and the, and even the the following, but uh, you'll even see those those tense aspects of how you would read a chart and what is um, has more of a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for the S word when things are synergi- synergistic uh, and worked very well together, and then you have things that battle. Uh, so you'll see this with the generations as well, which as we go further into the other generations that we could talk about how certain aspects can cause tension and, uh, and why even us as millennials maybe can take it easy on the previous because we see even their qualities, which was built in and what time they came in and harbored in and what their energies are and what they were. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, those, especially those boomers, those boomers came into this place that was already of this powerful inherence, uh, good fortune, and um, that's why they transformed themselves into this kind of like unstable war ridden place that, you know, what, what was kind of going on between the two world wars and depression and, and the Great Depression as well. To all of a sudden, you know, especially we're saying it's fixed fire. 
Um, and conservation is more of a, uh, obviously a fixed thing. You know, this is where the transformation also comes in a generation of being more so of these, um, conservative type people, you know, as they grew up this generation, yeah, they had a tendency to go into being more so liberal hippies. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, having this major transformation of being more so of those conservative yuppies, like, you know, and, and that's why now when you look at it, how they, how they view, you know, the later on generations, uh, there's this sense of, of pride and ego and entitlement, uh, of, of thinking like, you know, we did what we had to do. We worked for it. We've set up this century of generations as well. Meanwhile, <laughs> they're in the, the midpoint of this century when they were born. Uh, most of them, uh, mid to little, you know, a little bit more, uh, quarter, I mean, sorry, uh, three quarters. So, but yeah, this understanding this can also learn how to, we can learn how to, uh, come into our own power through this generation, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you see how others did and you can mm-hmm. see where they did develop their power. It's not always about the, it's, it's about always seeing the big picture of things. So you, you know, you could see the negative things that come in, but Pluto at the end of the day, as in anything in life or anything in even astrology is going to have this effect where it's might, it might seem negative to the human mind, but look, positive and negative are just ideas these things are harboring in more of evolution and necessary things that need to happen. So if all of every time, every generation always harbored in actually a positive uh, effect or trait. And um, I also think by knowing this, then you can kind of let a generation know it's like, all right, buddy, yeah, you've had your (laughs) sit down now. You're good. Shut up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also real quick, some people, to note with this Pluto. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pluto Leo. JFK, Mr. right? Um, or was that I Pluto Virgo? Was that Pluto Virgo maybe? I don't know. Sorry. No, no, no JF, I mean, JFK, if you think about it, he was, what, he was president, president by the 60s, 60s. So he might've been so, Pluto cancer. Yeah, no, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, he might've been a, I think he was a Pluto Leo, uh, but also Bill Gates, Mr. Uh, What's what's the hobo code for Bill Gates? Melvin P. Melvin P. Melvin P. Mr. Gates. Melvin P. That's somebody who needed to just fucking boom off the map. That's one. Um, yeah, that's my personal point of view. And if you don't I'll, like it, good uh, for no, you. Fuck that, fuck that dude. <laughs> um, he's just a puppet. But it's, but yeah. let me throw this in there, and I'm going to say this probably ten times because I I love the symbolism with this. Is that Bill Gates? The invent the so-called man who invented Windows and all that. Bill Gates is the the developer of a computer or software that has a virus that it can obtain. And then we have our man McAfee who dies during the time of a virus. And what did he develop or what is that name? McAfee is an 
antivirus. Antivirus. So is this just some sick joke that the universe plays? Does the the Jesuits and the dark cabal line this even pick the guy and say, well, look, you're going to invent a computer and then you're going to be about viruses and it's going to symbolize and totally play out in the real world. And we just want to do it just out of some sick and twisted joke. And then, oh, this guy that actually is, has his name has something to do with an antivirus. He's going to die and whatever. And there's going to be this symbolism and all that. I mean, is it the Jesuits or is it like we just got some fucking crazy dreamlike reality that we just tend to oversee? You know? Yeah. Just some weird, like, just like, come on, you know, like Jesus reality makeup. It's fucking crazy. And not only that, to go along with that too, you know, it said Bill Gates has this, um, this Pluto placement and him having to do with windows and all that. Steve Jobs also had this Pluto placement, you know, so these are two people that come into the scene when it comes to technology in this sort of is way. Is it Trump too? Is Trump in it? Uh, I mean, I would, th- I would think. Right. I'm actually going to look that I up while you continue. So. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I'll look it up. Uh, unless he, unless he was more, unless he was more, uh, later 1930s. He might be, uh, I mean, Virgo, right? No, no, no. He would, if anything, sorry, sorry. Then he would would be cancer if anything, but I think he is Pluto Leo. Uh, oh yeah. Cookies allow you. Take, take my dad. 46. Oh, okay. No. All right. So yeah, though he is Pluto Leo. Um, he is Pluto Leo generation. Not only that, you got, you got, Freddie Mercury, Oprah Winfrey, Bruce Lee, Bob Marley, those. And like, think about it. Even when you think about Freddie Mercury, he had this, um, this deep inner desire to transform even his, his way of being to show his creativeness. And he took courageous shots towards making his way into being a singer and part of something bigger. Uh, uh, Same thing with Oprah Winfrey. She had a really crazy, uh, abusive, rough uh, childhood and really shut down her identity and um, her feelings towards even love as well. And she had this transformation within herself to become somebody who's more courageous of overcoming certain traumas and also becoming, uh, becoming a leader and a person to look up to in a sort of way, um, and speak out on the, on these things. Um, and then obviously Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, um, comes from a certain place, especially being born from, um, you know, uh, being born from, you know, Japanese parent, right? He's Japanese, right? I believe he's Japanese. So, yeah. 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 But being or, born or, from, or is he Thai or something? Uh, yeah. Wait, is he Japanese? Uh, let's see. Bruce Lee uh, is, uh, well, he, I mean, well, I mean, he was born in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, of course he's got genetic, yeah. Uh, Chinese. So, oh, oh yeah. He was Chinese. Yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah, it was Chinese. So, but I mean, he even was, no, think he died about in Hong Kong. Sorry, carry on. Uh, well, I mean, he was Chinese. So think <laughs> okay. about his parents yes, as is. well and mm-hmm. what they went through during their time and even leading up to his, con- uh, you know, his conception with war and everything going on. He's coming from this place of now, you know, being born in America, being born into this generation and being able to, you know, express himself in a certain way and have this sort of power and this leader in martial arts as well. Um, and then Bob Marley, Bob Marley, of course, think about how he's taken 
his views of the world and seeing them and finding the deeper meaning of what that means within yourself and being able yeah, to express yeah, yeah. it and have this identity and pride of impacted of, through creativity too. Yeah, exactly. So there's, ju- there's just uh, some of the themes we could even see just using other, other people in this, that we know of in this generation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, by the way, I looked up Bruce Lee's uh, age and everything when he died and he, I do. He was. I almost had a Zach moment. He died on seven two, and his name was seven one. Damn. Thought I had a Zach oh, moment. Oh wait. Finding seven. some Jama- oh, finding, oh, okay. Finding some like, finding some gematria here. July twentieth. Seven two. Or no yeah. seven twenty. Yeah, but that would still be seven two. That, yeah, that's. I mean, it'd still be seven two. Yeah. Almost. Zach, I'll get you. I'll get him. Zach from the gematria effect. Anyway, okay. Um, was that the list? That was it. Uh, yeah. And then there's Tom Hanks, but uh, <laughs> we could, we could skip know. past, uh, him and his weird gloves. Yeah. He likes gloves. It's a weird thing. Hanks. And every, every, he marks every, uh, comment he has Hanks with an X underneath. Wonder what the gematria is on that it's, guy. Fucking it's like weird. some weird Jack the Ripper shit. When Jack the Ripper used to write his letters. Yours truly, yeah. Jack could the Ripper. Parallel. <laughs> yeah, could be a fucking parallel. I, I mean, Good on top of it, I, I know there's a lot of conspiracy about him. Supposedly, my, my grandmother, by the way, who's top-tier conspiracy theorist now, um, <laughs> but she uh, she th- she said the military already killed him. Yeah, they're saying, and yeah, every, every, all these people are, are fucking dead. Hillary Clinton, to, to all these, uh, what's it called, uh, uh, tribunals that supposedly went on and... It's, Q for you, just, baby. Q for you. Q for yeah. Q. Where we go, we go all something like that. Whatever their slogan is, don't get sucked up and trapped into those things. They're fun and, and curious speculate. things to explore. Speculate. Yeah, speculate. speculate. You can make certain connections with things and have an awareness, but... North Node Gemini, the, details. Not yes. beliefs. Yes. Not ideas. Details. Hold on Truth. to the tangible evidence, the real facts, the knowing, um, and don't think Yeah, I mean, like, yo, sorry. You know. Yo, yeah, but the, the, like flat earth, right? There is tangible facts to argue. Like, you know, you can't, you can't bunch that in with Q and psyops and all that when there's facts that mm-hmm. can, you know, like they're not disproven yet. But something mm-hmm. like with the Q and with all these movements, they're assumptions. Yeah. You can't measure those things. You can't test those things. So you always have to just suspend your beliefs. And if you want to follow a trail, follow the breadcrumbs, go ahead. It's fine. But don't run around, don't run around thinking that you know everything is going to happen the way that you're being told, whether it's some group or some whatever. It's like if you're hearing about it, just, you know, I, I recommend, yeah. like, just save yourself the heartache. Yeah, don't be dwelling in the South Node Sagittarius shit, you know, yeah. sitting there going off these wild ideas and beliefs and, and going you know it all. out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thinking, thinking, oh yeah, that's it. That's what's going on stuff. Obviously we know there's corruption. We don't know the full details of everything. Um, I'm sure a lot of things are true, especially a lot of conspiracies since a lot of them are playing out to be more so factual. Um, and these are the things that I think also with a lot of these Pluto transits that are happening and coming up these are the hidden truths that are going to start uh coming more to the surface um especially with this transformation of that 
Capricornian shit when it comes to the government and, you know, uh, certain structures and systems yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, we're at the end. They say like yeah. always at the end is when all the bad shit actually happens. Like it's, it's where at the end of any cycle, when you hit the last degrees of a sign, it's the most troubled part of the sign. So, yeah. I mean, and so, and you have Pluto in Capricorn, I mean, it's reaching the end aspects. I mean, mm -hmm. I think all the garbage comes out. Yeah. You know? And this is where we got to watch when going into these certain things. You know, we talked about just like with anything, don't place the power outside yourself. Some of these ideas and, and, and thoughts and conspiracies and stuff as well. Like, think about it. If you want to go real deep down the rabbit hole, just ask yourself, where is this going to actually take me? Is this, you know, is, is this going to have me? Yeah. Is this going to have me waiting on some sort of savior that's never going to come or some sort of thing that I think is going to change it? Or do I need to change something or do I need to change my perspective? Do I need to sit there? Like, is there something, you know, is, is this going to cause me to go into inaction? So just keep that, keep that in keep mind. It in mind. We're professionals here. Sure. Sure. Pluto Virgo. All it right. Is. 1956, 58 to 1971, 72. Um, we got v Virgo is, you know, the, the service to others, the Virgin as well. Um, uh, you know, analytical, perfectionist. Um, compulsive about details. Com yes, details, compulsive uh, in that way. And during this time, um, especially when we're talking about service to others, during this time, there was a big change when it comes to um, how service to others came about. You have Kennedy and Johnson during this time, their administration were committed to social programs and it was the era of great society and the achievement for civil rights uh, uh, also, mid 1960s was when the feminist movement came about as well, especially Virgo being more so of that kind of realm of of that. Um, also, there comes this was more so of also an awareness of toxic food additives and toxic lifestyles, uh, more so of an interest in holistic medicine since Virgo does rule those more health aspects as well. Um, and now you're seeing that Pluto's bringing that to the surface. Uh, it's going into the depths of things and bringing it to the surface. Um, and also more so of a conscientious, uh, being conscientious to uh, the pollution of our environment, um, you know, especially with, you know, a lot of the hippies uh, during during this time. As well, you know, a lot of tree hugging going on. Not saying that in a derogatory way either, but that's what's well, coming I about. Mean, it yeah, is you know. a real thing. Mm -hmm. I, it, I really, without being a tree hugger, I've actually read plenty of these spiritual books that show electromagnetic mm -hmm. energy coming off the trees. Yeah, exactly. So it's I mean, they just, realign yourself with nature. Now, if they were fucking way. the trees, then we got problems. <sighs> Keep your genitals <laughs> off the trees. <laughs> like, am I, I'm going to give you this wood. You can hug them. <laughs> Don't fuck them. Okay. All right. Leave. Leave them alone. Get it? See what I did Leaves there? them alone. Leave them alone. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I, so mean, I, yeah, I wanted to add, uh, don't forget workaholics and uh, very humbled with service to others. Yes, exactly. Also yeah. practicality, uh, more so tangible facts. It is a Merc Virgo is a mercurial sign. Um, also, uh, mutable and um so but it's earth so it's different yes, from the gemini air so they're going to be more grounded 
a, mm-hmm. I actually even a little less social, you know, they're yeah. a little harder to connect with. They, they, they can do all those mercurial things, but they don't have that mm-hmm. flighty, airy side. It's more practical down to earth. Yeah. And they like need that, that real practical and tangible detail and way of analyzing things and being able to see it come to fruition in that more so of a, of a, of a tangible sense. Uh, so it's also the tour that also goes towards, um, when it comes to facts and putting it to useful work as well. Uh, that's, that's this Pluto Virgo generation seeing in that way. This also was the time, uh, especially looking at facts and, and putting them to work, uh, especially for the greater sense of service, uh, for others as well. This is also the time of space ex- exploration and trying to have that knowing of, of, of our universe in that way. Um, this also is the time of uh, assa- the assassination of John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. as well. Um, so trying to remember what the, the correlation, the correlation with that would also be this sort of like this change and transformation of even the people and the things that were coming about when it comes to say more so these civil rights and these types of movements as well. You know, there is a, a darker hidden aspect that goes on uh, during this time because Pluto and Virgo uh, also Southeast Asia uh, was torn by war in Vietnam at this point. Um, and uh, so Pluto and Virgo people, though, can have very uh, a very analytical quality within the deeper parts of their personality and the things that they desire um, and even just more so of what ma- what they think makes them more powerful, whether it's in their own life or over other people. Um and trying to develop these perfectionist type details um, and, and, and trying to come into that transformation of being a perfectionist, which, you know, yeah, it's great to um, it, it's, it's great to raise your standards in that way. But also you can reach a point of exhausting yourself and especially Virgo being more so about health conscientious, you know, on top of it, uh, this can really affect health. This can affect in that way of having these stresses or trying so hard to be so perfect. And, and, and if you don't feel like you're accomplishing it or you, that maybe you never feel it's good enough. So therefore you're, you're constantly living in lack at that point. Um, and this is why we could see with a lot of our parents as well, there may have been a tendency to really try to go out there and work and make things. And, and, and this almost like this anxiety over having to measure up to, uh, their parents and their generation because of the way they were raised and trying to put that in, into, into some sort of, uh, of way of doing things. Um, and also Pluto, uh, Pluto Virgo people can tend to be suspicious, uh, and, uh, like suspicious of others, um, or even suspicion, very suspicious themselves. Um, and also ready to find fault in all things and other people as well. So you could see obviously the negative side of more so that attribute. And then when we're talking about health and this last thing I'm going to say on it, when it comes to health, Virgo also rules 
um, digestion. Um, it rules mm. that that whole point as well. So there can be more so of digestive issues for these people uh, with Pluto and Virgo. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's like I have a, you know, I have, you know, I feel like, wait a minute for me to say that's too personal about my, uh, about my mom. Anyway, um, you get where I'm going. <laughs> Digestive issues. There we'll you go. That, Not yeah. saying my mom it's shits fun. the better anything, but <laughs> sorry, ma. <laughs> I don't think she would have made it this far into the episode anyway. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> We'd have to be saying, you know, Hail Mary, full grace and all that stuff. Virgo is the Virgin though. Virgo is the Virgin Mary. Virgo means Virgin mm -hmm. in Latin. Um, but as you were saying with the health too, Virgo is rule, like it rules um, changing through purification. It's the Virgin, purification of the body, uh, being a force to, to heal, whether yourself or other people. Uh, being of service, it's gonna be more so actually for other. They sacrifice themselves for others. Um, and, and the Plutonian energy within this is actually the all or nothing tendency that could be focused on work, resulting in workaholics. And of course we have the polarity of the slackers. Uh, they achieve their power through uh, some sort of technology or organizational skills, more so obviously uh, I would say in the, in the later years now, they're benefiting probably from technology because the, you know, the mercurial side will come out and these, this generation probably actually is good at using technology considering. Um, and, but some have, uh, the, uh, the Uriah heap syndrome, which would mean power through humility, uh, which would I mean as service to others. They love service. They are, uh, as much as they could be a pain in the ass, uh, Gio has a strong Virgo placement. I have a strong Virgo placement. Mine's a mid heaven. I'm a pain in the ass about, uh, my work, about my status, uh, that I tend to see how I want to be seen with the world and all that. And why I say pain in the ass is because that workaholic thing, whether they have high standards, they're overly detailed, they're compulsive, they want things to be their way in order, they think they know best. It's kind of like the very intellectual Leo, uh, in a sense. Drop the glamour and add this cold, but like I know better type of attitude. Mm -hmm. um, they're more proper, they care about uh, you know, they're the type of people that will correct your texts. Uh, and that's regular Virgos, but I'm stating these as details of what to focus on when it comes to what needs to be transformed in this era. So, um, uh, when it comes down to this time and these people being, uh, work oriented, very moralistic, uh, it, it definitely ruled a time of morals and manners. When you're coming out of crazy Leo, and then you have these Virgo, uh, Pluto, Plutonian people, you're going to get more of these low key, shy, quietly reclusive, more critical. And, and, but they find, they gain their power through finding the faults. So you can only imagine probably the tension between this generation and the next, meaning the parents and the children. Um, cause you always have to think that like the generation usually before you is your parents. And I would say 99.9% .9 of the time. And, um, this generation had a lot of difficulty with mysticism and spiritual people uh, since Virgo actually opposes Pisces, which rules all of that stuff. Um, when they are into mysticism, they're actually, they do it through some sort of system or uh, maybe even exercise because they rule health. So you have a lot of yoga uh, that got more popular again around this time. Uh, I, I'd like to note that the more, the most recent uh, generation 
of uh, or well the, of this generation a lot of them that say closer to the end you'd say more recent is neptune and scorpio and there was a lot of cynicism with these people because virgo has that quality and so does scorpio and then also you got to remember we're talking pluto and scorpio so now pluto rules scorpio and then you have neptune in the sign so a lot of play there so their ability to see the faults um and it, it makes them the yeah right generation like uh, uh, just think of like Elaine or George on Seinfeld or anybody on Friends. Virgo could be a very skeptic sign and a lot of doubt. And if you think about those shows, now that I do think about it, really, yeah, like like Friends, they were pains in the ass to each other. Um, but this generation gains power through their knowledge, their extreme organization of knowledge. They're incredibly technical. Uh, the brains. Uh, who populated the computer revolution came from this group. The yes but no push and pull of Virgo and the Virgo in doubt often made Pluto and Virgo people very hard to connect with. They may like you, um, but that shows when they meet you. But when pushed to a commitment to get together later, they vacillate internally and, and put off anything firm. They they want to push, pushy shovey, get away. You know, they have trouble finding their own solid ground even with themselves. So relationships with these people were, were very iffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this generation definitely was destined to grow up in the long shadows of their Pluto and Leo boomer elders. So, um, you know, more so in their young lives, uh, you know, they actually experienced the sextile aspect of Pluto in their younger lives to their natal Pluto and Virgo. Um, so that's uh, that was a time when things were supposed to to flow and be effortless with grace and ease but they uh, during their younger lives they were economically challenged as young adults and then they entered the workforce during a recession um not only that like pluto leo generation had more of this sexual liberty um when it comes to certain things especially during the hippie era um i mean not 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 during the hippie era that was this generation um but that they had that uh that they were, they, they, you know, that that's where families come and evolve. But during this whole recession, this is, was their challenge for the Pluto Virgo Gen Xers. Um, and they were actually kind of denied in a way that sexual Liberty, um, uh, of their predecessors with the, um, outbreak of, you know, leading up to, I know we say the AIDS crisis and everything during the eighties, but there was stuff coming about during this late, the later sense of the seventies, where for some of maybe these, um, uh, later born Pluto Virgo people that they had to experience that more so in their young adult, younger adult lives, uh, when that whole outbreak happens. Um, not only that coming into seeing how this transformation happens, even with the, uh, the, the drug scene when it comes to marijuana, cocaine, all that, you know, comes about disco era, uh, when, uh, you know, as they're growing up. Um, but the thing is though, because Pluto Virgo would be more so of this, we're talking Virgo being more observant to details and being able to try to have a little bit more of this perfectionist in them with the being under the shadow of the Pluto Leo generation, as they kind of grow up through time, they're able to sit there and transform those deeper desires and change those, like not change their desires, but they can see more so of the, the, the detail behind some of the things that they desire and they can change and start to develop more so of that responsible um, aspect and wanting to change certain things in their lives to maybe uh, live up to their 
Pluto, Leo elders um, and try to be able to go into that. I think there was a time where, yeah, they had more of this free care living type of way of of being uh, in a in a sense, especially during the 70s um, with the disco era. And there was this very love like live and way of being. But I think also as they grew up in their later age, they were able to have the ability to be like, hey, you know what? It's time to smarten up, starting to wise it up. You know, I got to do these things and I could I could pay attention to the details of what my parents did and how they went about it and what's going to be able to be able to you know allow me to be of service to others and service to my family uh, that, that I want to create and stuff. So they can have more so of that shift and that change despite some of the nuances that came about. Um, uh, other than that, um, let's see. I mean, they were like I said because they were looked at as slackers by by their Pluto Leo elders as well. But once again, like I said, they had that ability, that uncanny practical ability, um, and and indeterminable work ethic that would enable them to make the best of certain situations. Yeah. You know, it's funny too. We always talk about, and I'm always trying to think of the story playing out. And so you think the, of the, um, how that mixed with the parents into that is, so we say that these people had a lot of, um, whether they were standoffish and cold, it's like, if you look at the planet or this, the sign Leo, and then you take Virgo. And if you have parents that are very Leo-ish pride, whatever, it's like Virgo, will probably think you're full of shit. They don't want to hear that. They don't, they want to know, they want to be of service to others. And Leo could have a quality of, no, you better listen to me. So you have these children that grow up and they're like, well, for some reason it's yearning in me to want to do things for the world and for other people and be of service. But then I have parents saying, you better go get a job. It's all about you. You better climb the ladder. You listen to me. I'm the leader, this and that. And that's the last thing a Virgo wants to hear. So you're seeing this dynamic again from the previous Pluto generation play in and it's causing some sort of block. It's causing some sort of even some trauma that could potentially develop from just the the intermingling of relationships between those two generations alone. So if, if we're just thinking around those times of what the parents were like, what the kids were like, that just Pluto and Leo people being themselves, being exactly what the universe had set out for them to be, and then naturally working their way into having children and having these people Pluto Virgo, it actually creates the Pluto and Virgo person as a personality. It actually influences that generation to be that generation, which is the irony. But you see here over and over again, the universe is setting up the story and you'll see the dynamics constantly play out. And as in my notes, I had grabbed, I forgot, I wanted to say this, that adding on to this exact, uh, you know, this comparison to them is, so a lot of Pluto and Virgo people had Uranus and Leo. Think about Uranus. Uranus is revolutionizing. It's changing, radical change. So you have this generation having the planet of change and revolutionizing and radically bringing something new to it in the sign that Pluto was just in with those people in that generation that that was just in. So how ironic even that is they're saying, well, fuck your Leo way. We have a better Leo way too. So even that has some sort of dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I mean, that's the beauty of being able to see those, you know, more seeing more of these aspects and, and the playing along with it and, you know, being able to understand maybe so for so much of this focal point, you know, will help you 
in being able to make those connections as well. You know, not yeah. to mention too, since we're talking about being, you know, Virgo being a little bit more health conscientious as well. A lot of this generation, especially this was during the time of even the transformation in, um, in medical care. Um, a lot of this generation took to being healthcare workers, working as nurses in hospitals or other types of forms of, of healthcare workers. Um, but yeah, like I said, though, this was actually a time, and I actually know this from EMT school, this was a time where even um, a, 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 like emergency care was transformed, you know, of, of uh, what's it called? How do, how do they word it? Um, out of hospital I think out of hospital care or like whatever, out of hospital patient care and stuff that like the whole how, uh, uh, you know, basic life saving skills and everything. That whole thing was even changed a lot during this time and furthermore so in the next generation as well. But it's just funny because you see a lot of this generation grows up into becoming healthcare workers as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than, uh, but other than that, um, when it comes to this generation for these types of people with this Pluto placement, um, the best way for them to grow as a person, uh, would be to actually allow themselves to fail once in a while, rather than have such this high anxiety over perfection and as well, because it, it, then it can stunt your growth or your experience with certain things and you never truly end up learning. So that's, that's one thing when it comes to this generation. I mean, I know once again, they're older now, a lot of them a lot older, but you know, Hey, we never stop learning in life. So if you are this generation, maybe you needed to hear that. No, get creative with your mistakes. It's always there for the sake of, you know, how could I better my life? How could I evolve from this? How can I be self-conscious of things that I, I can either change about myself or also what you can help with other people. And even if you don't want to tell people you know about the stars or that, you know, this or that, it's like, well, if you have this knowledge, you can tend to kind of, you know, and leave it, leave it to the Pluto and Scorpio generation to really discover this. But this is that, you know, I'm going to influence this person because I kind of know who they are on a soul level. I can see it, you know, and hey, if you need the, the, the validity of knowing astrology and then seeing it in the people, which that's why I am a full-blown uh, enthusiast of astrology is because I've seen it. So to see this is like, all right, I know how to handle this person kind of, you know, they're, they're, I always, I know that there's always chance, there's always genetics, but more so is there's going to be this probability that this person is going to reflect this in a way and l let me try it out. And that's when the fascination settles in that, yeah. oh my God, I saw these signs. I saw the dynamics. I treated this person this way, or I approached them this way and boom, you know, yeah. it's right there in front of your eyes. So yeah, I think I think what people can learn even from this generation and along with what you're saying is just to have more of that better sense of uh, of observation um, and and critique in a way, whether it's self critique or, um, you know, constructive criticism. Very Virgo rising of you to say that. <laughs> I mean, astrology doesn't lie. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, God, I, I feel bad for my band members about a decade ago when I wasn't. <laughs> I was oh, yeah, especially, I, especially with having that energy and you're more so of your yeah, career Work. house and, yeah. and, and your public, public view. And isn't, um, the fifth house and the 10th house, is that in conjunct or is that a quincunx? I, I still have to learn those. Wait, is what? 
the fifth house okay. and the 10th house. Cause I have Venus in the fifth, which is Aries, but that's the house of creativity. So like, if we were talking about how I write music, what my music's like, how my expression comes, my love for it. And then the 10th house is the mid heaven, which is Virgo. So I wonder if that's some sort of. That'd aspect. be opposition. The fifth house would be opposition. No. Cause that's fourth. Oh wait. Oh yeah. That's right. That's fourth. Okay. Tenth and fourth. So yeah, um, the fifth. So that's a little off. Isn't that in conjunct or. Queen comes? Um, uh, let's see. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. It's, uh, well, and look, uh, what we're trying to say. Yeah. In conjunct. Yeah. In, I think it would be because in conjunct is 150 degrees. 50 degrees. Right. So that it's yeah. in conjunct. And what that does is it adds some sort of awkwardness. It actually adds mm-hmm. some sort of, um, it's not full blown tension or whatever. Cause it's not an opposition, but there's this, like if there's, there's a good tendency to get confused or to be misunderstood. And now that I look back on it, yeah, my Virgo and analytical midheaven would, it was aspecting my creativity and whether I was judging myself or my bandmates, they were getting a lot of shit. And so, yes, I was very bitchy. And what did that mean? Uh, what did that mean then that your midheaven is square your son since your son is Gemini? Yeah. Yeah. But hmm. they, there is the orb isn't there. So yeah, let me say orb. orb. But it's, I mean, obviously still out of effect, but an orb is how many degrees, like if it's not exact, it's how many degrees left or right or backwards and forwards that you give to aspect each planet and sign this, you know, like if, they, if they're not within say five degrees of the, of the aspect or like say seven, usually people say, oh no, it's not, it's, they're not affecting one another. The energies aren't aligned in the geometry, but you know, but I mean, I would say shit. I know I mean, my Virgo is 17 degrees. My son's five degrees. So I'd probably say nah. I don't think that yeah. affects it. I think mine or get along. Would it square the house? Would the house is square? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. But when you think yeah. about it, though, the ascendant, descendant, the IC, and the MC are always square in opposition. Yeah. You could see those as, say, negative, but it's more so as all those things kind of have tension to one another. Mm-hmm. Who you are, who, uh, who uh, your family roots and all that, other people, and then your, um, you know, uh, your mm-hmm. career. That they yeah. all literally probably there's tension because you have to mm-hmm. reform each to those things. So you, it's like, which one do I pick today? Who am I today? In a sense of am I am I or am I ascendant? Am I am I mingling with other people? Am I my family roots or am I the status quo mm-hmm. I want to be in the world? You know, yeah. so very and interesting. How, yeah, and that's how in traditional astrology, from seeing that that uh, that cross is where you can learn how to take more of your. Uh, deep rooted family karmic uh emotional self type stuff and learn how to transform it through certain rulerships as well and how to be able to express it outward through personality through the rising as well which will be beneficial towards uh you know also with that opposition of your ascendant of your descendant your de- your descendant will have more so of that how you're working with people type aspects which you can learn how to grab and transform that power into you know more so of your career or public life or, you know out to the midheaven so there's a yeah, great and theme around that you know it's funny we're doing this you know as we're recording and we're we're developing uh, me and Gio want to develop and just aside from you know we'll be going to Pluto and Libra in a second um uh, we came up with this idea that we do want to develop some sort of school of transcendence um, where we go into astrological stuff and many other topics and we want to uh, develop some sort of um, 
you know, hermetic my, alchemical mystery school. Yeah, you know, and mm. and really take everything we're learning as we go on the podcast and develop develop it into something that we want to bring to you and teach you. Um, and so that's what a lot of the Patreon is going to be. And this week, I know last week we did have, we said we were going to put the Pluto houses up and they'll be going actually up this weekend, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're close to next week. We're still in the f- stages of building. So uh, please cut us some, some slack and, and have patience. And I, we assure you, but we are working towards that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we're talking about these things, aspects and all, I mean, we're still learning as you could see, but um, we, we, we are using the utility of having a podcast, talking to you guys, talking to each other to learn, to discuss. There's no rush. There's no urgency. There's no Virgo shit going on with us where we criticize each other or the, like we're learning as we go and we want to bring it to you. So there will be a school that will in the next say six, six months to a year, I'll give it, uh, I'm not going to try and rush this, that we're going to develop this So if you want to learn astrology, if you want to learn spirituality, healing modalities of the body, the chakras, ancient mythology, astrothea, all of these things. And we have a whole list and we're building up. So, um, and a little tangent here, but I'm very, very excited to build that and with Geo too. And we're, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we can make it possible for all you guys to catch up with us. Um and, and even learn things, even if you're ahead of us, maybe we can bring some things to the table that you don't know. And, and that's our goal. That's going to be our contribution. Not only this podcast, but a way to bring all of this stuff to you personally, individually as a school. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Being able to use all the synchronized, uh, um, you know, whether it's divination tools or just these alchemical hermetic processes, um, being able to make all those connections in a sort of way that helps feed our more so intuitive higher states of consciousness um, into being able to transform our lives in that way, work on these things, healing certain things as well, um, internally and externally as well. So yeah, that's definitely going to be a great process. Um, you know, like I said, we're learning, we're the, le- we're the student and the teacher at the same time. I know that's my son in the ninth house, uh, shit right there. Um, I have South right. Node in the ninth. So. There you go. So being able to I draw me, back I, I in that automatically way. come as a, like a very, you know, I always say it to Geo too, like when we'll talk on the phone, I'm always uh, like, I'll, I have ideas, I'm doing things and I probably sound like I'm saying you should do this or do it the way, but I feel like I'm just bringing some sort of way of thinking and knowledge and I know I come off preachy and I've been kind of, you know, I don't think it's a problem, but I work on that, but it is in my soul. And ironically, the universe gave me a grandfather who was a teacher. He was a music teacher. So it's built in me to want to do this. I know it's in geo as well. And I know we learn best when we, well, I'll say it like this. We learn best when we teach. And I think actually, if you want to learn something, learn it like you're going to teach it. So it's a great Mm -hmm. opportunity for us. And it's, it's also, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of misinterpretations in the truth community. And I think the division truly does come from that and comes from, uh, you know, just like with religions and politics, belief systems are getting in the way. So we both have this mission to really break things down to the point where it's like, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get to definitive things, but we want to like kind of sum things up, simplify yeah. things and allow you to make your own decision. Yeah. And to help the overlooking of the basics, like there is a lot of overlooking of of basic things, even in astrology, like and it's gotten to the point where you know, yeah, simplification is great. Um, 
But are we truly utilizing the simple principles of even something like astrology? You know, there's a lot of aspects that are being overlooked, even just I think when it comes more so of the understanding of how we even were saying about astrology and how it plays a role and the influence it has. I think there needs to be that understanding, even with the basics of astrology, to be able to productively use it in this type of um, evolving, evolving way. So yeah, we'll definitely go into that. Um, yeah. yeah. So move right along. Sorry about the tangent people, but no, no, you know what I'm going to do too. And I'll say it to, I mean, mm-hmm. every, I'm probably going to place that as some sort of bumper, uh, whether it's at the beginning of the episode or, um, or maybe we'll put that up on, on YouTube, but I definitely would like to get that message out and allow, mm-hmm. and, and really let people know where we're at. So I'll find a way to get that message even pushed out more, whether we, throw it on more social media and all that. But I do think it's, it's going to be rather important to our foundation as say podcasters, journalists, people who, you know, truth seekers to do that. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Pluto and Libra, Zennials, 1972 to 1983-84. So, when we're talking Pluto and Libra, I'll go into more so of, of you know, Libra aspect would be, you know, this balance, peace and harmony as well. Um, law and justice um, and Pluto would be the transformation of these things or the death of these things or the rebirth of these things. Um, so, you know, we also can see that on the world stage during this time as more so of. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know, the war in Vietnam did end still in the earlier part of these times um, of Pluto and Libra uh, and also the U.S. and the People's Republic of China. uh, They start moving towards uh, peace and relations with each other uh, during Pluto and Libra. Uh, There's also more so of a deeper concern uh, of of the change in laws and the 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 justice balance that's going on during this time. You have Watergate that surfaces, you know, that whole thing. So all those hidden things that were going on with the corruption within uh, within the Watergate scandal, you know, Pluto is bringing it out from the depths and it comes up um, and there's all these shocking revelations of this corruption and the new order to government uh, restoring the balance to uh, the powers of executive of the executive branch in Congress during this time. There's also the adoption of uh, of the Freedom of Information Act during this time. Equal opportunity laws start coming about. Equal right amendment, uh, equal rights amendments come about. Homosexuality rights during this time as well, and and just equality rights, which Justice. very it's yes, which is the transformation of all these Libra type things. Um, you know, not only that, uh, this also was a time for a love for luxury, 
um, in the 1980s, you know, really ushered in an era of opulence and ostentation. Um, And then, you know, also with that, a little key thing to note is when Saturn, um, when, when Saturn is in Taurus, it foreshadows, um, it foreshadows a lot. Um, what Saturn was in Taurus, I, I think it's 71, 72, and it foreshadows this, what occurs, uh, what's going to occur, um, when it comes back into Taurus in 98 and 99, uh, so just keep keep that in mind. But there is this deeper uh, desire to seek some sort of harmony or cooperation, um, even just personally, even within relationships. Um, there is also is a disruption when it comes to relationships. You know, I, I said it a little bit before, but this is the time of now HIV AIDS epidemic start, you know, coming in. So therefore, you could imagine the type of confusion around sexual activity that's going on and, and love and how this can affect relationships as well. Um, and it also changed, there was also a transformation and change in, uh, relationship status, you know, how we looked at, you know, the labels even given when it comes to that, or, you know, how we looked about uh, on how we looked at marriage, how we looked at those type of, those type of unions, uh, that, that, that went on. Um, another key thing that I like to think about and note during this time as well, which was the crazy transformation of fashion during this time and style. And it became very, um, there was a lot of feminine influence. That's one. And then on top of it, there also is more of this metrosexuality, even with men, uh, that comes about during this time and all the emergence of all these bright colors and, and this type of balance between casual and glamorous starts coming about mixing and matching the clothes and the colors, like all these weird, funky, funky type of things. And this is like more so of the, um, that, that brighter expression of Libra that's coming out all of a sudden, um, when it comes to more so what we want and how we, how we're looking at this. And it's kind of sets the tone for, for the shift in this era, uh, for all, for all of society. Yeah. And, uh, I remind you too, uh, I've been, uh, periodically saying the, the modalities and stuff is that this is cardinal air. So we have, uh, the initiate, we have to be first to push forward, um, air sign, intellectual, uh, tends to be about freedom, independence and all that. So initiating that, initiating independence, initiating the freedom, charismatic about it. And so with, with Libra, if you look at the hieroglyph, it's, it's the justice scales. So we're talking justice and Saturn actually is even exalted, meaning it's his favorite sign because Saturn is rules, regulations, all that stuff, the government and Libra is justice. So Saturn Mm -hmm. even is exalted in its most favorite uh, place here. So we're, we're talking about a sign who comes in and harbors change to make things more equal, to things, make things more fair, to really achieve the, the justice in those topics. And it does rule relationships. So a lot of that has to do with that. So there's your homosexuality and all that stuff as well. And with Cardinal Air too, it does initiate the new ideas um, and, and being a balancing force among people. Uh, a little forceful with creativity, but that's because Libra is, you know, Cardinals are going to be in, in a way like that. Not a fix, not like that, but forceful in a way where they, they're going to be, think of Aries, you know. Uh, it, it's on a mission. Plump, 
Right. And it's actually the polar opposite of, of Aries as well. Um, hmm. But sometimes ideas are even used as a weapon and, and the sword is, is, is being its totem. It can definitely be this double-edged sword when it comes to how they're doing things. Libra, you know, like Gemini is like, it's like the evolved Gemini. I, I would die. I, I kind of would say, um, uh, because it's, it's, it's initiating new ideas, but following through and, and, and tends to have this plan that it's bringing about. Gemini's are a little opposite where they're, they're studying the ideas already in place. And so you, mm-hmm. Gemini would feed the Libra, the new ideas, and then the, the Libra does something with it. But, uh, qualities of this, this group would be more of harmonious, very relaxed, uh, social justice was important, of course, and they transformed music and art. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of emphasis on on outlaws and gangsters in the younger years, um, which makes rap music. Rap music is a very mm-hmm. Pluto and Libra thing. But um, it's a smooth smiling and harmonious generation and, and power is conceived as being fair, socially aware, gracious, and they tend to remain relaxed and poised despite the most adverse circumstances. You know, everything must be fair. Relationships are what life are about or what's, what life is about. Relationships must be equal. If I call you, then to be fair, you must call me. You know, all about that. Um, social justice being an important matter. Also, social, uh, social networking. Uh, this, these people consider everyone equal and with this generation comes an incensed when a, when a person or group is not considered equal, this generation will become aware of that and they want to change that. Um, and I said this, ge- huh? No, I was just going to say definitely a generation that was, you know, we talked about Cardinal and, and yeah. on a mission, on a mission to really kind of transform and save the world through all types of beauty, really being able to see that beauty. Yeah, yeah, and um, God, anyone watching the video, I blow it that way because the smoke alarm went off the other day. Um, my, my vape. <laughs> I'm like so nervous, especially it's like 150 and like all I, all I needed, that thing was so loud, it scared the shit out of me. Anyway, yeah. but you saying that, like with these guys, like yeah, when I said rap music, right? They The hip hop generation comes out of that, but they come at, if you think of original hip hop, it is for that. It's coming with this justice based, mm-hmm. you know, you're, 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 you know, they were very, you know, obviously African-American based and they were for their people. They wanted justice for their people. They spoke mm-hmm. about it. They wanted equality. They wanted to be treated equal. And so Pluto Libra brings out that hip hop generation um, that, that really did use the music to transform society in itself. But since mm-hmm. Pluto also rules gangsters and Libra rules the artistic expression, that's where you got LCU gangster rap. So, uh, and remember, a lot of these people growing up end up hitting that stride in the 90s because of the age. So these are Pluto yeah. Libra people influenced by the, the decade of the 90s. And then you have all of this stuff going on in society. You're going to see a lot of that gangster rap and the, and the riots of LA and all that other stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, I was going to say, yeah, because yeah. with what you're saying, and I was like thinking about this. Yeah, I mumble too. Cut me off sometimes. I don't give a no, shit. It's all good. If when you're when you think about even what think about the details of this era and what we're saying about Libra, especially when it comes to laws and 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 balancing the scales and justice, and you know, we're talking about the hip hop scene coming about and all that. You know, think about the details that allow this whole thing to transpire. We're talking about a change when it comes to in, in, in laws and regulations and rules. This also is the time where that whole the crack, uh, crack epidemic is introduced as well. So this starts the war on drugs. This starts the laws Biggums. and yeah, and starts crack, crack. the laws and Dude. rules around around uh, 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 around 
these certain things with drugs, which therefore uh, starts more mass incarcerations and uh, fight between the justice system and certain groups of people, um, especially the African-American people when it comes to these sort of injustices, Pluto, you know, more so those deeper, darker aspects of of injustice kind of happening in Libra, um, which propels forward this uh, incarceration system. You know, now you're seeing the darker aspects of this Libra thing transforming because of this Pluto and Libra. So you're seeing this thing come about now with the incarceration, making this narrative, people embodying this sort of way of, of being and thinking that that's their their sole purpose and that's their life and they're going with it. And now they're, they're creating this type of sense and they could look at it as a, as a beautiful thing of, of, of making this type of music and this rap. And, and it wasn't just rap obviously and hip hop no, and no, stuff as very well. Very popular though. Yeah. Yeah. But it's coming about of having this sort of expression of, you know, even, making a cry out for certain justice and certain representation and also a cry out to now the forming of there was people during this time that really were able to see the depths of this legal system working and how detrimental it was for certain uh, redlined communities as well, um, which when we look at it now, we can see how that transformed and, and this um, this system uh, had a way of, um, you know, being a contributing factor to some sort of systemic racism, I guess you can say, like it develops the justice system in a sort of way to, and, and and even housing and all this stuff to kind of group these people. So now that's where you're seeing the darker aspect, um, occur on the world stage of this generation, not so much because of the people, but because of the implementations and the course of events during this time, which later on in life, as we've seen, created a whole culture behind it as well. And we're seeing more so of even now, especially with the whole Pluto Capricorn thing and this destruction and transformation of all these systems. Now we're seeing the the truths of this Pluto Libra generation, we're seeing and understanding and calling towards some sort of action now for what that set up. We're on drugs when it comes to even, uh, you know, Bush senior and, and, uh, and, and Reagan, you know, the just say no with, with the Reagan's wife, um, Reagan. Oh yeah. Reagan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even Clinton, how, you know, he came into the scene, which obviously that's later on, but he, how he came into the scene and perpetuated this cycle as well. You know, these are the things that were on that deeper Pluto aspect that were going on that we yeah. don't see that happening. Certain people did, but we didn't see that happening until way later on. So yeah, you hit on the head. There, you man. I was, I was absolutely, like, uh, that's the type of connections though. Thank you. But that's the type of connections that astrology can kind of help you have. So imagine if they if people which I'm like I said, certain people did during that time were able to see and voiced out maybe not so much uh, about what was going on uh, during that era. But imagine being able to look at the astrology and foresee these things and speak about the possible repercussions for, for these types of movements, laws, regulations, things set in place, uh, culture, whatever it may be. Yeah. 
It's perfect because you, you I told you, you, uh, oh, David Palmer goes live, baby. I'll watch that after this. Uh, yeah. Um, it, you, you see now that if you, you did know this, that when you start watching the world stage, you're going to, you're going to now be okay with it in a sense, or you're going to try and feed what the mission was like, God, if I knew certain things, like now that I'm aware of these, you know, this remember Gio, when we first started Pluto and Scorpio with that, why that came up? Oh, well, because you know, you were going through a rough time. I just, you know, dealt with a rough year and mm-hmm. uh, we've had even just a rough decade. And then I think back to our generation and think, man, why, what goes on with us? Uh, why is, why is this such a theme? Boom, I find it. You know, we find it. It's Pluto Scorpio of the abandonment, loss, all the thing. You know, we already went through all that. And so it shows that it was, it's part of the story, but then it shows you where you can find your power. Where is yeah. it that you must allow yourself to die? Or, you know, like for example, a lot of people say growing up with the Pluto Libra, you know, where you see a lot of gangster rap and you see a lot of the corruption being brought out through pop culture, that the underside of society is being brought out through this intense music. And most people are like, just freaking gangster rap and rah, 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 rah. it's like you don't realize that they're mm-hmm. doing their job. They're communicating yeah. uh, uh, these hidden dark aspects of society and relationships and all that. And some of them even brought out, I mean, when you think about the treatment of women in, say, a lot of even more than modern day hip hop, um, you talk about relationships and imbalance. I mean, you have R&B, you have a little bit of the extreme rap really even feeding the negative side. Yeah. Um, you know, organized that, crime too during that time was at a peak. Right, was at a peak yeah, between the, the, maf- the mafia, everything. Like it, it had its own justice system in that time. Mm-hmm. There was a code of ethics. There were certain rules and laws that were just, just naturally there within organized crime, and it also had a yeah. major influence on laws, on certain systems as well. Yeah. Yeah. So when we move on to say other aspects like relationships with marriage, these people often wanted to get married just to get it over with. Uh, You know, when this generation uh, got in the newspaper, it was was often over relationship or marriage issues. Uh, And and this is definitely a Libra quality, but they were very lazy and hyperactive. Uh, The two phases of Libra that became extreme when Pluto was added was those two things. Libra Mm -hmm. rules opinions, too. I know I could vouch for that, too. And geez, um, they, they spend so much of their time sharing their ideas and opinions and all that. And the internet being born with the social network, it was a God-given gift. They, they, they love that. Remember, air sign, communication, cardinal. Um, so yeah, yeah, the definitely, that's so, I mean. That, that's so funny that you say that because everything you just said in that, in that wind, like there's, there was a, there's a certain somebody that I know or knew whatever I could think of somebody with Pluto and Libra and what's crazy is they had Pluto and Libra literally like within two, the two or three degrees of the cusp of Scorpio and their Saturn was conjunct their Pluto Libra and their, and Saturn was in Scorpio and man, you want to talk about the epitome of the Pluto Libra generation. Talk about somebody who, wanted to go about that sense and finding some sort of balance when it comes to relationship and love and, um, you know, not having necessarily a, you know, a good one when it, when it comes to a relationship ends up in divorce, ends up in some sort of, um, I know you're uh, talking about them. Yeah. Even think about a Pluto Scorpio, I mean, sorry, Pluto Libra and the Saturn Scorpio, uh, did that person progress? Did you check the progress Pluto too? I did. Because that's did, what happened I, to David. I did Palmer. not, but oh. I, I I should. Um, 
but there they also had very tough uh, time of their pregnancy. Uh, very dark, you know, I mean, I feel like that kind of goes along with, um, you know, that, that, that Saturn Scorpio conjunct the Pluto Libra, um, you know, really having a difficulty. And this is now, now I want to talk about it in a sense of somebody who kind of pushes off. This is, this is somebody who kind of pushes off the astrology, has a certain understanding and awareness of it, but saw more so the sense of to use the uh, like not use the astrology in that way, just come from more of an intuitive sense. Um, and, and, you know, which that's great. That's fine. But if you have this deeper understanding along with your intuition and allow your intuition, allow your intuition to um, connect with the signs connect with um, the, the, the the sky clock, basically, and, a lot, and this type of heightened awareness, you know, there really could be some transformative powers that happens. And, you know, maybe they wouldn't go through so much of that relationship issue. Maybe they wouldn't go through being able to like, why can I find somebody with this, especially when they have, you said a lot of opinions, a lot of opinions. And really, guess what? Took to social media to be able to express those opinions and definitely had a lot of expressive opinions when it came into relationships especially with a partner. So it's crazy how you can probably pinpoint out some of these people when no matter what placements they have, but you're not gonna be able to do that um, to that further degree if you have these certain understandings when it comes to astrology. Yep. It's like the decoding of every soul and every event on the, on the planet. It is God's clock. If you were religious, I would say it is God's clock. It's God's blueprint, uh, Braille for the spiritual spiritually blind. Uh, I'll stick by that. So, um, yeah, man, uh, that one, that one was, uh, rather, um, easy for us maybe because it was, it's the one before us. So we see a lot of it yeah. and, uh, you know, growing up with it and, and we always talked about marriage too. How funny mm -hmm. is it? The relationship issues then here we go. Works into the Pluto Scorpio generation of now. So there's relationship issues. There's the marriage. They got married. I said, they got married to get it over with. These people didn't want them. They didn't, it's, you know, and then they had kids. That's us. And, mm -hmm. um, a lot of them got divorced because yeah, a lot of them got married Pluto. bad yeah. time. Yeah. A lot of them got married bad timing and a lot of them could have had, you know, we want to talk about bad timing or something like that, or some sort of real, you know, weird shit. That could be that, that whole playing along with having that Saturn Scorpio conjunct their Pluto, um, in Libra in that sort of sense. So that could be some, some sort of contributing connection right there as well. But yeah, this is the generation, the relationship generation, um, you know, all types of relations, obviously as well. Um, experiencing the, the challenging phases in life, uh, at a young age, all the way into growing up into their, their adult life of having being forced to grow quickly and to learn, learn to negotiate their sexual power dynamics uh, while still going through puberty and even adolescence, uh, adolescent years. Um, um, and, and this, all this stuff was keeping to their uh, collective soul purpose as well. Um, and it, it, and it kind of shows um, now with the, the following generation really shows how, you know, even for them, for the, you know, when it comes to looking at Pluto and Scorpio generation, it really comes to show how there's such a similarity, 
Pluto Scorpio with the Pluto Libra generation, but there's almost like the Pluto Scorpio generation has a tendency to take their time to fully dive into themselves, dive into others as well, into looking at these deeper aspects as well, you know, and still having that same understanding and importance, especially because, you know, Scorpio is sex, uh, you know, uh, those things, sex, sexual energy as well, uh, darker stuff, you know, and that kind of goes secrets, along with trauma yeah, secrets goes along with everything a lot Pluto. Of these racial relationship. Yes. Everything Pluto, every, and everything that has to do also with Pluto, contributing yeah. fap, factors to this, you know, relationship type, uh, thing we're talking about. So being able to kind of like work out the kinks of the Libra generation, uh, the Pluto Libra generation, yes, that's sir. what the Scorpio generation could do, which we're going to move into. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's push forward. Um, All right. So, and of course, we've always uh, we've always not like to me. I'm proud to be a Pluto and Scorpio because I've we we have brought in the um, we're strong souls, and then it says it within our. And you could look at millennials and say, oh, well, they're weak, they're lazy, they whatever. But we went through this. We went through this in the last two uh, episodes. Is no, uh, we are. As a Scorpio generation, we are fixed water. We we are mm-hmm. fixed in our emotions. We are steady and stable in how we feel. And yet, with Scorpio, uh, obviously, with the it being the uh, water is emotional. So when we're not stuck in just our bad emotions, but when we see through the bullshit, we see through it, and we do not change our mind. You cannot tell us what to feel. Um, and we use that as our power. That's what we discover is our power. It's using our trauma, using our suffering, using the divorces and using the drug addictions and using everything else that have, that, that was, that was brought out of this, this time that we were, we were came in as souls. And it's about using that to transform it and you and transform it actually for the rest of the world. So I think we come in as this intense group. We want to transform reality. Uh, we're very deep psychologically, sometimes disturbed. And even when say you mentioned sex, like sex for us is an all or nothing affair. It's about the connection. It's real. It's a spiritual connection. And, um, yeah, we have one of the most pivotal missions, and I'm talking currently. Every generation has their mission, but right now it's up to our group. It's what made me want to talk about it in the first place. It's up to our group to pivot and push our society and humanity itself into the right direction by revealing the deep and dark secrets, uh, healing ourselves through sexual activity, learning Tantra, learning what the orgasm really is, learning about energy, learning everything that was hidden from us and kept from us and even the bad things. And that's what gives us our power. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the generation. And just to reiterate, obviously was, you know, this is the 19, 83 to the 1995 generation of Pluto yeah. Scorpio. Um, yeah. Came into a time of, of this, this real heavy time of whether it's starting or just in the mist, whatever it may be of decay and this collapse, uh, institutional corruption. Like we were just saying that this was developed during the Pluto Libra generation, this institutional corruption and a bunch of societal changes like the emergence of of the internet in the household now um crazy access to some of these deeper 
hidden darker themes and stuff, you know, but these were the, these are the members of that generation, uh, that they're kind of made and cut from a different cloth, more of a stronger one. And they're up to the task, whether they know it or not, they're up to the task of Pluto and Scorpio generation. Like, and that's the difference too. It's because they have that inner desire is there. And a lot of times they're very aware of that inner desire. But the thing is though, a lot of times for this Pluto Scorpio generation, it's kept beneath the surface, but it's a burning, churning desire. Think of it as we're talking uh, Scorpio. We're talking Pluto. Think of it is it's just the magma. It's churning. It's the tectonic plates moving. There's shit rumbling and it's just a moment until the shit's going to explode and you're going to have that volcanic eruption come out and boom. And guess what? You're going to you're not going to be able to help but notice it. And that's this generation. And that's something this generation needs to take note of. Rather than fucking sitting there, uh, sitting idly by, or not only that, repressing these emotions, repressing them to the point that it festers up and we go into the self-destructive, the the more negative side of Pluto and Scorpio and we self-destruct um, in this way. Instead, learning that we are more of this powerful, whether the power is unlocked or not, just understanding that the power is there is power on its own. And this goes for everybody, obviously. But the thing is, though, we're talking this generation and this generation has, especially with where we're at right now in the times, this generation really has the ability to flex that muscle and doesn't have to be for an egoic sense as well. Yes, you have the imbalance of either way, the powerlessness or the power, the power hungry and power driven type way that's that's overly done and but the thing is though is this generation has the ability to pull some sort of uh of 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 life force from them and have this type of more spiritual internal transformation that they can in turn see their own good see their own power within see their traumas as power as well and the the negative aspects of things and be able to push it out and be able to use it and to be able to actually witness that power now in in the world and stop trying to go so much into the deeper depths of other people's psyche and their consciousness as well all the time which yes that can be uh, um, that that type of in tune psychic ability that comes with it. Yeah, that's built are. in. That's yeah, built that's in built us. in. But it's like you can't overly do it. And there's also a tendency for the Pluto Scorpio generation people to try to get in people's heads and to have that understanding in a manipulative way. M- manipulative way. Um, but they have that life force. Those life forces surrounding sex, birth, death, the afterlife, uh, legacies, and what's inherited. Um, uh, like the things that they they inherit, whether it's material material or not, um, you know, this is this is them, you know, when they come to this understanding and this realization, this is them being able to find the things that they are actually good at. These are the things that they find where they're actually what their true desires are, what their actual joys joys are, and how they can go towards them. You know, also during this time, you know, we're talking about this is the time of George Orwell's predictions of a totalitarian government and the loss of individual rights in his book in 1984. You know, and what's funny is how so much is we're seeing 
that type of truth, that type of prediction actually play out. And you know what's funny? I feel like most of, you know, when it comes to like the more hard hitting things, it's mostly this generation that has brought those type of things to the surface that have have brought those types of truths to the point that this corruption can't hide almost in a sense. Um, we're, we're letting it be seen, you know, this is turmoil and, and revolutionary type principles as well. The power struggles during this time as well of Pluto generation, yet the Berlin wall, uh, that collapsed, the Soviet union is disbanded and, uh, becomes, uh, becomes a Commonwealth nation. Um, Iran all of a sudden turns militant, uh, militant legal conservative, um, uh, Yugoslavia is torn apart uh, by warring the the warring uh, Serbs and Croats, uh, and there's just destruction, terrorism worldwide. Uh, uh, you know, there's the 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 still you got the underworld, the drug underworld as well. Um, you know, international drug trade. Uh, you know, the cartels. Uh, still the epidemics the you know, the HIV thing, all this stuff is now more so in just in full swing. Um, and there's a different, obviously look at, at sexuality and stuff too. You also have during this time, uh, you have the, the test tube babies, <laughs> you know, just weird fucking dark shit, genetic mutation of things, trying to clone stuff, uh, as well. Surrogate, pa- uh, uh, surrogate pa- parenting comes about, um, not saying that's a weird thing, you know, that actually could be a very useful thing for people that want kids and stuff, but it's just these deeper going into the deeper parts, even if it's the physical deeper things of even our genetics, um, and, 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 and just life as well. Um, and bringing it forward, bringing, uh, finding that power within, uh, and, and having more so of using the dark and bringing it to this imaginative sense, um, and 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 putting passion behind it. That passion's there, but we have to guide it, especially this generation. You know, using those psychic abilities. You know, they could tend to be a little bit ruthless as well. They could be addicts, um, or very fixed, or obsessive, and stuck in their um, their deeper desires or problems that maybe aren't necessarily those of the soul desires, just more so ones that have come about from more of a lower vibration. You know, those are those types of tendencies from this generation. And not only that, I mean, this, um, this is also, you know, one of the three mystical signs, Scorpio, um, besides cancer and Pisces, um, mystical meaning water. Yes. And what's the difference between all those is uh, cancer tends to be, I'm trying to remember, um, um, shit, I'm trying to remember, see if I, I see if I have it here. Um, I, well, I don't know if you, you'll be able to help me with where I'm going with this, but um, Scorpio tends to be the metamorphosis. And then you have, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I forget what, what you would consider... Uh, I actually, you know, what's funny. I don't, uh, remember. I know, I know what you're saying. Um, like the metamorphosis is like the change, the transformation. I mean, you can kind of go to the heart. Mm. You could look at the signs themselves. I mean, cancer would be more so like the, um, 
it, since it's cardinal, it's uh, more the you know the initiation of it. So you're talking more so of like the like coming from it, and then you have the metamorphosis as it begins to change, and then the mutable sign of Pisces is going to actually change it. Like it's going to that's the yes. process of mm-hmm. the destroying from the metamorphosis. The metamorphosis was the like the butterfly in the cocoon becoming the cocoon. Yes. The cancer was that the fact that there was a cocoon. That it's mm-hmm. in the it's in the womb. Then you have the process of it changing from the, you know, from the, going from the cocoon into the butterfly, and then Pisces actually of the process of its, you know, coming mm-hmm. out. Yes. So so Pluto Scorpio, uh, that's it is that metamorphosis that metamorphosis of of the egocentric structure within the soul. And manifest as a personal identification, but now more so with with the creator, with source. That's more so of the way of manifesting now where it's coming out. Because um, cancer, this is what I was trying to say, um, because cancer, that mystical type of part of the water triad would be ego and Scorpio metamorphosis and Pisces, the source. So this is where we can see that this is a, a... pivotal pivotal role within the divine in this whole astrological structure as well so yeah, these cycles not, are within everything it's in yeah, everything everything it's yes. in all all nature all energy as well so yeah. this is really really the generation that to ha- that that can have the power to change our our current cultural structure and yeah. it can be accomplished through this this uh through this uh reimagination of uh, and re-empowerment of one another uh, and with ourselves as well, too. Um, this is generation we instead of generation me. Um, and th- because right now, as we can see, I mean, there's no doubting it. This <laughs> this whole world is in a state of total disintegration and degeneration. But that doesn't mean that it needs to be doom and gloom. It's the same thing with even our own experiences. Our own experiences doesn't have to mean doom and gloom for us and being emotionally fucked up or anything and stuff. This is the fact that we can make way for the new, come into adulthood, inherit these horrifying conditions, and then uh, make the choices um, that are critical for an evolutionary way of driving it forward, um, you know, bringing light to all these horrific things on more so of a sense that that's where the power is, that you can show that the bullshit that's occurred in all the past, all these past generations and the things that they've contributed to um, when it comes to how this type of, you know, nasty, destructive type disintegration and degeneration kind of even came to be really noting it and showing it on that deeper level and having that expressive point of bringing in that all factor to the point that people once again that explosion to the point that people can't ignore it not to say you gotta go crazy and you know that type of sense as well but there needs to be that type of passion behind it you have to see that the power is there in order to drive it home for this generation then and each of these generations have to come in and basically deal with the bullshit of that sign and come in and transform it you know come we we come in and deal with these things like any other generation we don't no one not one is more important We, we maybe have a significance now and by the way we could easily fuck it up if we don't do what we have to do but when it comes down to you know, this 
generation, it's because we're so intense. Like you have people, and, and I'm talking about the last cycle of this. You had people like um, King George, uh, King George the Third, who was uh, the need for power and domination created the environment for the American Revolution. You had De Goya, which painted intensely emotional art, and I really do emphasize that. It was another thing that triggered me on getting into this topic was. Uh, a lot of our generation currently, when it comes to intense emotional art, you look at the, you know, the uh, emo metal scene, uh, melodic hardcore, a lot of the, even the metal itself. And I'm, I come from that, like I'm metalheads, but uh, when it came to, you know, we had that emo built in. It wasn't really like the previous where they're a little more manly metal when it came to the nineties, late nineties. And then you had glamor metal, uh, in the eighties, which that's actually during the time of Pluto Scorpio, how ironic that there's that parallel, meaning it's kind of mm-hmm. like the, the transformation through sex and all this other shit and all the dark side is, is actually more expressing itself in the collective at that time, just through events, through the way bands and all these things are coming out. But this is built into our DNA, this um, this intense and emotional way of expressing ourselves. And so we come in and we want to, we experience these things, but we want to take what we've learned from the pain and learn from those things that needed to be, uh, we had to have with as a metamorphosis in ourselves and to bring that and now bring that um, metamorphosis to the world and to the collective. So we we grew up on basically virtual realities. We grew up on on the internet. We grew up on things being on a screen. Um, and, and I think by us experiencing that, we wanted to really transform reality to the way we saw it fit, um, or at least uh, the way that we healed ourselves probably came through a lot of those things. And so then we had probably built up a lot of the archetypes that we live out when it comes to how we're going to express that in the world. So with this dark intensity. Um, you know, we're, we're coming in and we won't put up anything. We won't put up with anything that's bedrock reality that we see as bullshit, as see as things that are detrimental, that is causing the pain, us being so sensitive and so psychic. What what it is, is we feel everybody's pain. We feel everybody's anguish. We we went through our own, but not only that, we feel it. And, And the fact is, is that we have a gut level view into psychology that's built into us that we not only can see ourselves, most of us, uh, if we're, if we're, you know, uh, very honest with ourselves, but we can see it in other people. And so we can predict that this generation will be all or nothing about everything it's for, whether that's sex, whether that's, uh, the healing modalities, whether it's trauma and how we deal with it, psychology, uh, how we see people, how we see the government, how we see, we're, we're obsessed with seeing it the way we see it. But because we have so much pain, this obsession comes actually from a good place, meaning we don't want people to feel that same pain. We want to heal our own and then bring that exact thing. So it's ironic. You see what these people do for themselves, whether it's us or whether it's the previous or even up and coming, whatever that is these people go through, it's like it ends up as if you looked at communi- the the collective as its own human being, as its own uh thing as its own actual collective being that's what's going to be done to that as if you saw us as the cells of the earth and the earth was a body is that what we go through on a miniature level on a microscopic level to ourselves ends up happening on the collective so and as above so below it is so it said yeah exactly this generation you know being on that pathway of this type of darkness and uh, annihilation, like all these different types of ex- experiences, whether they're felt internally or, you know, on the world stage, you know, 
it, it can create this sort of um, uh, humbleness towards a loss of power or lack of power, um, which Yes, of course, can enable somebody to retreat and hide and never do anything with it. But also it could have a, a, a it can give more of, of a sense of being able to confront um, death itself, be able to confront the darkness, uh, being able to not be surprised or, um, you know, so disturbed like maybe somebody else on some of these issues as well and 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 traumas like this there's a potential to be able to be unswayed in that way um which allows for this outside be able to take a step back in this detached view on all these things and learn how to correct them and learn how to bring that power back and learn how to express it you know, in, in a different and in, in a more healthier sense as well, too. You know, this, um, you know, this generation, you know, was has been subjected to all things that were taboo, you know, and and now that especially now that we're seeing these certain taboos come to the surface, you know, we're I think there is more of a an inclined sense of of doing something about it now whether it's within ourselves or maybe, you know, in, in our outer realities as well, there, there is a burning passion desire to do something, to stand up, to dive deeper in certain things. And it's like, are we going to, you know, I feel like to me, that's, yes, that's your inner tuning for it. That's, <laughs> that's the divine working through you. That's, that's, it's calling on you. Are you going to sit there and answer the call? Are you going to sit there and just cowered away and allow it to keep eating away at you and doing nothing and seeing the world continue in turmoil. Not that you have to take on the responsibility of everybody else, but you do have to take on the responsibility of yourself and your own traumas, your own secrets, your own uh, shames and all these, all these things and come to terms with them. And in coming to terms with them is where the true power comes, especially for this generation. That goes for all people, but that's that's really where it comes into play. So, you know, if we can evolve in that sense and evolve even just our psyche in that way and develop these higher sense of consciousness and share them, you know, that's where the true, true value comes in. And we want to talk about value. That's, you know, setting up for new real values that Scorpio is the polarity of, of, of Taurus, that type of wealth, that type of value in that sense. And it really, uh, can usher in a new standard, you know, as the old collapses away, you know, as long as we allow it to. And I think no matter what, that is falling away. That is happening no matter what, you know, and that polarity of of Taurus symbolizing that need to establish some sort of emotional, psychological uh, self-reliance and self-sufficiency. You know, we find that in by dealing with these more darker Pluto aspects within ourselves through identifying our inherent capacities uh, that which must be then actualized in a self-reliant manner. You know, Taurus correlates with the survival instinct, too, which also relates to the need to actualize the inherent capacities within the soul. You know, so that's what this Pluto uh, Scorpio is 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 speaking to us about in that in that sense as well purge all these aspects uh, of our of ourselves 
um, that do not reflect our true identity or our individual's true essence and then learn to view evolution or change as necessary in a positive part of life instead of resisting uh, necessary change out of fear and security or makes us uncomfortable stuff. And then learning to like merge with the higher source of power in that self-reliant manner that promotes the continual growth of the soul and that does not promote a dependency on some sort of external source, a dependency on latching on to a trauma bond or anything or falling into victimhood and stuff. That's the lesson to be learned with Pluto and, Scor- and Scorpio, you know, and, you know, the fears of abandoned abandonment, uh, betrayal and loss, you know, in, that's definitely built into this generation. Um, that rug of emotional security, uh, security, um, is, is often pulled out from underneath us. I mean, I know I could speak for myself when it comes to that, especially in the home life, like feeling that emotional security feels like it was ripped away. Um, and I see how it was detrimental as well, but also in the more coming years, I've seen the power that was able to to come from it rather than seeing the victimization and the pity of myself as well. There's a, an ability to have that strength of self-reliance and start to identify with the soul's, um, in, uh, the soul's capacity in order to be effective and to, to have more than just a, to have a greater sense of survival. Poetic. Nice. Can you tell, can you tell fucking <laughs> Pluto Scorpio fucking shit comes out? Yeah. No, Libra and Scorpio. Just, I mean, God, yeah. man, it's our most relevant signs. And actually, you know, it's funny. It's I don't, I don't know. Who's my son? I, I mean, it, it is, this has been Kinda. one of the funnest parts of astrology or most fun. So, and I'm having a ball doing this. And now that I think about it too, I think what we could do is I, I was looking Dude, we're almost at, we're on our way to four hours. Um, So I I think what we could do is give the listener a break, give ourselves a break. And at this point we can call it. And then what we could also do, so on the next episode, we could do the current and on generations and discuss um, not only what the next generations mean, but what the Pluto Aquarius is going to bring. And we can kind of elongate a nice Mm -hmm. discussion on Pluto Aquarius and how that's harboring in and helping the new age come in and what that's going to do. So we could follow up with how Pluto Capricorn definitely was this revealing of the dark energies of the government and all that and the structure and the breaking down. And then going into Pluto and Aquarius, we could talk about how that's going to break down the ideals, the networks Mm -hmm. and everything and, and and what that's going to harbor in and bring in. And then on top of that, there is information about the Pluto and Pisces, which would be the end of the Zodiac. So, um, we could do this part four, finish off the generations, which I'd have, I can't wait because I actually really am excited to find out not only to see the things that Pluto and Capricorn, obviously we've just witnessed in the past 12 years, but also what Pluto and Aquarius has actually coming in because I've yet to really fully touch up on the, uh, on the mm-hmm. Pluto Aquarius and what that's, and it's coming, it's coming very quick. Yeah. So I was looking today actually about, about that. It's also a lot of saying of that. It actually ushers in the, like it actually marks the age of Aquarius coming in. Right. Like really, I, like really being there or something. I've always felt that. And then on top of that, I always, not always, but once the, Ju- the Jupiter and Saturn conjunction happened in 2020, uh, December, 
in Aquarius at zero degrees, I saw that as a trigger point for the new age to start. It's like a cusp point, a trigger point. It's, it's here we go, you know? And then with Pluto and Aquarius, I think I see that more as if this somewhat of a, and I know it takes more than just this, these next few transits to fully harbor in this age. It's going to take decades and decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't get your hopes up that we're going to be in the golden age next decade. I mean, if that happens, hey, I, I won't, I, I'll take it. Um, but more so that, um, I think with Pluto and Aquarius coming, I think it's going to color it in. It's going to rip everything out that wasn't and not, and can't be, um, used in the new age that needs it to be let go. And that's why it's Mm. in Pluto Aquarius, the transforming of what Aquarian energies need to be, you know, could be kaput and and reformed and rebirthed and have to, but the butterfly, those energies, um, and I see that being obviously because Aquarius is the, the the sign of humanity. It's the sign of networks, the sign of community that you mm. could see where I could already kind of feel out where that's going. But um, yeah. yeah, man, that could be an episode alone. I know I'd want to actually really reflect and, and get on that. So now with this episode, people see the past. They see what these generations did. They saw the missions. They saw how important, obviously, our generation is with Pluto and Scorpio. Uh, and with that very elaborate and, and poetic uh, way of putting everything, which add that to the last two episodes. And I think you have everything you need when it comes to that. And um, and of course, we're always here for, for conversation and talk with the Patreon coming and all that. We're, we're, you have questions, we're here to to answer or talk about it. So, uh, other than that, I think we're, we're good. And, and if you have, if you would like to add anything. No, that's that think that's, uh, that's pretty much it for this. You know, we'll, we'll continue to dive further and, and that's how it's going to be. There's going to be a lot more information coming. Um, definitely in more focal, well, focal points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but on that, on that note, yeah, Till next time. We will, uh, we'll be back next week. So, uh, and uh, let me just, one more thing. If you are looking for the Pluto houses on the Patreon, they will be there by latest next week. Me and Gio have a new system where we've, we've developed and we're going to do separate videos for each house as we think. If not, you might see a split in the odd and even houses, but if you, you will get the update, um, hopefully we can get also like an email, like like newsletter thing soon so we can send people out what it is we're doing. So if you've made it this far and you're here, just know that if you're waiting on the houses, if, if it's not up yet, well, you got YouTube and you go search what your house is because we gave you that. But soon enough, we will have our own elaborate and and really def, like very definitive way of we think is the best way to interpret each of uh, the houses that Pluto's in. And then we will teach you also how to pair it with your sign. So anything exactly. after that, that's cool. That is all. All right. Well, fellow transcenders till next time. And uh, thanks for listening.